I'm thinking that the three thing is a message back to base. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, January 23rd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 272. This is No Agenda. Tracking revolutions of all colors, so you don't have to. Here at the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West. In the People's Republic of Southern California, in the morning, I am Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's NFL, uh, never mind, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> Are you okay there, John? I just had a frog in my throat. It said, <laughs> you, were gonna, you were trying to do a horrible sports reference, and it backfired on you. That's what you, happened. That's because you have a curse on me when it comes to that. When it comes to sports, yeah. Yeah, not liking the sports. Well, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea, feet on the ground, and <laughs> dung in the pit. <laughs> Wait, I've got to add that one. That's a good one. Hold on. Uh, dung... In the pit. All right, let's do it properly. All ships at sea. Boots on the ground, wings in the skies, foots in the oceans, checks in the mail, bakers in the kitchen, dung in the pit, astronauts manning the moon and Mars base stations, hams on the air, and human resources everywhere, especially those in our chat room, uh, noagendastream.com, where everybody has uh, assembled. They are all charged up exactly the way their government loves them. Nice and energized, full of electricity, ready to be tapped. And that'll be it for this week's show. <laughs> Ready to be sucked dry. <laughs> hey, I, I was right, John. To the yes, day. To the day. Two weeks to the day. Yeah, but it hasn't ended yet. Yeah, it's it's over because... You on, fell short. No, on Tuesday we have the uh, our, our El Presidente's uh, State of the Union, so everyone's now talking about jobs, 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 State of the Union. We've forgotten about everything. It's over. It's done. Today is the last day. Two yeah, weeks may, to the well, team. You're right about the Tuesday. We'll, it should switch things over. That should be the, the, the turning point. Yeah. Now, I'd say it's... Uh... Well, that's because they're all they're doing now is just now every they finish with every every news every show angle the, every angle. <laughs> yeah, then they yeah. got every doctor in the world, every neurosurgeon has been on the air. These guys shouldn't be on television, talking about what possibly can you know? Well, she can't. She got a tracheotomy, and a bullet went here, the bullet went there. We're kind of surprised about this. She had this. a good flight. She had a good uh, trip. Transport was good. Was really. I saw her being transported by by ambulance, and I saw her being transported by helicopter. Which was it? Uh, it was both B-roll, so who knows? Exactly. <laughs> That's my point, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so of course we're talking about the uh, uh, the shooting of the uh, congresswoman and uh, that that has now been on the national agenda of these Gitmo Nation states here for uh, for two weeks. And I, th- I think it's done. I think it's completely done. It's over. Uh, we'll, we'll get some updates from time to time. It'll be a throwback when we have uh, like 30 seconds to... To close out the hour before the the top, when we have to hit the network break, and that's when uh, we're going to do a quick little update, and we'll talk. We'll hear, we'll get some uh, B roll from a doctor saying that she's doing fine and uh, everything's good. Yeah, I think that's going to be about it. But the most impressive news, which I think we've already forgotten about, actually happened during the show uh, on a Thursday show. Uh, it took place, and uh, and I, it just made me smile and laugh and chuckle out loud as uh, 100 mobsters were arrested on the east coast of uh, the United States. And uh, I just love it how we get um, how we get a uh, uh, a chief of staff in the White House uh, from a uh, 
at least suspected crime family, the Chicago Daily family. And uh, two weeks later, uh, every single uh, mobster in, on the, not just New York but Rhode Island—they're all—they're all arrested. Not a single—you mo- know, there's no mob in uh, Chicago, apparently. Apparently not. No, <laughs> no they, they arrested all the rest of the guys. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's like low-level guys too. It's, you know, it's—it's it's not even—it's not like a crime. You know, top of the line. No, there boss. was one old man apparently who you know was parent one of the fathers. I think he was a retired uh, capo. Right. Uh, but but you know yeah. you, but you agree with me yeah, right it's, it's like it's ha- like one it's like they decided to clean house it's yeah. like one of those things in one of the movies yeah. coincidence I think not it totally was and you know, I um so from the uh, you know there's a lot of paperwork out there and the full list of indictments have you seen the nicknames on these guys yeah they're great it's yeah. like turned into like a bunch of blogs <laughs> cropped up around the nicknames to- Tony Bagels Johnny Bandana <laughs> Vinny Carwash I think Vinny Carwash is great Fat Dennis uh, the old man and the and the professor. You could be that. You could be Baby Shacks, the old man, or, yeah. ba- or Baby Fat Larry. Who <laughs> stole the feds? Benji the Claw. You know that's the only guy I was afraid of looking at these nicknames. I don't want Benji the Claw sneaking up on me at night. <laughs> no, Benji the Claw sounds like a like <laughs> so, a bad guy. He sounds like he's got something bad going on there. <laughs> anyway, good work there uh, by uh, by uh, what? His name's Daly. Daly, yeah, good work. Good work getting rid. It's just a little message to all the guys in New York. It's like, hey, just so you know, we're in charge now. Because it, it is separate, right? The the New York mob oh, yeah, is no, very separate. Well, yeah, the, the New York guys are kind of in a gentleman's agreement. There's a bunch of gangs, you know, the Genovese's, the... they got like five, five families or something. Five families yeah. or six, right. Right. depending. And then Chicago's got its own thing, and then St. Louis has got its own thing, and Kansas City... As, I mean, most of these are kind of not the, what they used to be, but yeah, the good old. I'm days. sure Chicago is closest to still having, uh, you know, pretty well organized operations. Right. I just thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was hilarious. Rhode Island, New York, we got more New England, but Chicago, nah, nothing going on there. Not a single mobster to be found. Yeah, no coincidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a, unbelievable. <laughs> so what else? Oh well, there's, oh man, there's so much going on. There, actually, there was a, um, a something else that happened right after uh, uh, right after the show. Actually, I think I think I did know about it just before the show. Uh, we, you know, we were, we've been following and tracking the Hollywood whackers for a while ever since uh, Randy. Quaid. Well, you have more than me because you're down there and you get the gossip. Yeah, I'm in the milieu. The milieu. Milieu. Yeah. The milieu. And. Um, so there was a, a suicide the day after the Golden Globe Awards. One of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association members, uh, in an apparent, as everyone reports it, apparent suicide, uh, shot himself in the head. Why? Well, this kind of, uh, and I think this might actually be a real suicide, uh, but it's not unrelated to the problems with, uh, with the mob in Hollywood. Also, no mobsters picked up here because that's the real mob, the Russian mob. You don't want to mess with them. No. Uh, this was uh, Max B. Miller, uh, older gentleman. He was a photojournalist, and uh, you know, the, so all the allegations and there's actual lawsuit now uh, from the PR firm against the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that uh, that states that you know the, the whole thing is corrupt and it's all about it's all about money at the end of the day. Because if you win a Golden Globe, then you're already seeing it now on television. It's being used as a as a perfect PR mechanism to start promoting the Oscars, which I think is pretty. That is a real. Uh, award show, although questionable here and there as well. 
But this Hollywood Foreign Press, you know, everyone's like selling their votes essentially for whatever. And uh, so I was reading a couple of articles about this, um, about this Max B. Miller quote here. He never really recovered from his divorce. His business was going down. He barely had any income the past few months. And this was like a major guy. This is one of the guys who was voting. Uh, Everyone was taking advantage of his generosity. Uh Uh-huh. And last but not least, he was so worried about his son's future, which I wasn't able to track anything down on that. Mm-hmm. So probably this guy... Oh, that probably has something to do with the... Now, you, that, that's actually a mob reference. Yes, that's the mob reference. Uh, no. and, and I think that... Because hey, the Russians like to... You know, that's the old Stalin thing. They would not... T- they wouldn't no, they, kill they take you. out your family, of course. Yeah, they kill everybody. Yeah. Grandma, you know... <laughs> Starting with babies. grandma. <laughs> yeah. So that's your, that's your Russian mob reference. And I think that the guy felt really bad. He was older, um, like in his uh, early 70s. He probably, you know, felt really horrible about what he had done. He had sold out his vote. And because uh, he had to, like most of these guys, these these people have got no money. They're the part-time journalists taking pictures. But anyway, a couple of good links at uh, under the Hollywood Whackers uh, heading at noagendashow.com in the show notes. Uh, just more fuel on the fire there. Uh, this, it's, it's, a, it's a nutty thing that's going on here. And no one apparently seems to really see it. You know the only guy who who wasn't there, who I think is now elevated to a status above everyone in Hollywood, is Clooney. Clooney has malaria. <laughs> oh man, no, he he he's uh, with, luckily because of good medicine. If only he had had the vaccine, John. Well, all I know is he has malaria, so he couldn't make it. That wasn't because, that's not why he didn't go. <laughs> sure, if you got malaria, you're not going. He he's had malaria for a while now. It's it it, it flares up. Didn't you watch him on Piers Morgan? <laughs> no, I, I missed that. Oh my god, I got some. He was on Piers Morgan. Uh, I got some. When clips. was this? How did I miss that one? Well, you know, Piers Morgan, of course, is failing as predicted. Uh, and no one's watching Pierce Morgan. You, you well, can't. You can't watch the guy. He's a British twit. <laughs> you can't even. It's like watching the Monty Python show. You can't. You can't even get uh, ratings with Clooney. You got a problem. Here's uh, here's Clooney on uh, on uh, the Pierce Morgan show. I was, I was going to start this final segment with you by asking about the glory of being George Clooney, but you've just told me that you've got uh, about a malaria. It doesn't sound that great. <laughs> well. You know, even with malaria, it's just good fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> even, being George Clooney is just good fun, even yeah, with malaria. <laughs> I mean, you look remi- What? Oh, it reminds me of the time he was on Letterman, and Letterman says, you just get all the chicks, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And that was the one, yeah. Oops. Sorry about that. Uh, the overheating now, George. I, I thought it was down to me, but it turns out it's actually this, uh, I mean, you, you do get malaria flare-ups quite regularly, do you? No, I've had it twice. This is just, I just, the, you know, some, I guess the mosquito in Juba looked at me and thought I was the bar. <laughs> Which I didn't get that joke. The, mos- Why, who, the, the mosquito in Juba. Who's Juba? No, Juba is, I guess it's a place in uh, Sudan. I guess. That's, that, that, the, that's, maybe it's his girlfriend. <laughs> There's a girlfriend named Juba. Maybe this chat room knows. <laughs> And uh, he says, "Thought I thought I was the bar." It's like it wasn't even funny, George. He was like, "Okay, well, uh, what's his name?" Laughed well, because Pierce is a suck up. <laughs> That's all he does is laugh. There's more. 
George Clooney contracted malaria. This is actually the the Reuters video report, which is what this is, is better uh, because that has all the all the great memes in it. During a trip to Sudan earlier this month, but is now fully cured, according to a sp- cured. spokesman for the Oscar-winning actor. A frequent visitor to the war-torn nation, Clooney was helping draw attention to a historic referendum on independence for residents of the mainly Christian South. According to a statement released by his publicist, it was Clooney's second bout with the disease. It quoted him as saying, quote, This illustrates with proper medication the most lethal... Proper medication. This, so we've got... Africa, war-torn, uh, medication, proper medication. So he's, he's like a, a spokesperson. They've, they've added on another gig. He's taken on... Uh, well, it also gives Clooney a, a note of martyrdom. Oh, Poor guy's got malaria twice. <laughs> the so condition hard. in Africa can be reduced to a bad 10 days instead of a death sentence. <laughs> News of- instead of a death sentence. Right. Clooney's illness first broke in a tweet from CNN chat show host Piers Morgan. Uh-huh. We'll have Clooney as a guest on his show Friday, January 21st. He may not oh, have Bob malaria at all. Orders. I'm thinking now that, that it was a deal that Pierce because the, the news a broke. promotion. Every, everyone was... The whole was, thing you think is a promotion, publicity stunt, a scam. It, it possibly is. Why would you wait? If you have malaria or anywhere... Why you would you tell it? Pierce Morgan <laughs> and not anyone else? Yeah, really. That makes no sense. You're good. I think you caught one. Uh, so, and, and all the news reports were quoting a tweet from Pierce. I'm like, okay, that's not news. That's not how you report news. No, would, this is a last-ditch effort. To to uh, to get it to, to promote get the, the show that nobody's going to watch anyway. You can promote, you know, you can get people to watch it once. Or I've watched it once. Yeah, you, you and, watched the Condoleezza Rice and you turned it off in disgust. Well, I just turned it off because it's just boring. He's like he's fascinated with whether she has the sniffles or not. I mean, he doesn't get into any meat. I mean, Larry King. You know, even though people think he was a softball tosser, at least he tossed the ball. This guy doesn't have a ball to toss. <laughs> it, it was. Um... That was very, very interesting. Uh, I I did watch the uh, I watched the interview with uh, with Pierce, and uh, actually, it was Pierce uh, was interviewing George and his dad. Oh, he, George always has a handler now. One of the somebody. Yeah, that's his handler. And uh, I did for the pu- day. I did pu- I did pull a couple of clips. The first one, which I thought was uh, outstanding uh, in uh, in its ability to make me pissed off and angry. Was uh, Clooney now talking? Because, you know, of course, it's like, you know, Pierce is very interested in the showbiz angle. Like, uh, why are you uh, in this? Uh, why are you doing this, George? And he talks about other things he's done, which he's been so committed to doing. George, there are lots of Hollywood stars who latch on to causes, and sometimes more than one. I saw an interesting thing that you said recently where you said the important thing if you're going to do this, you choose one cause and you commit yourself to it properly, and you are passionate about that cause. Expand on that for me, but also explain, perhaps in more detail, why it was Sudan for you that really caught your attention and your passion. Well, first of all, I think the idea is uh, that you have to... Uh, you, you can, you, you know, I, I you know, worked on the Haiti telethon, for instance, or the tsunami telethon. There are things you can do uh, that you can get involved in. You know, Katrina, there, there are elements that you can... 
Now, n- notice he 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 talked just briefly right there. The Haiti thing, you know, the Haiti thing. Uh, George, I, I, I have some, you know, and if I were Pierce, I'd have some follow up on the Haiti thing, Mister. I'm replacing Larry King. The, it doesn't mean that you can only be involved in one, but if there's one that you care about, you have to be informed. You have to really, uh, you know, you have to be able to. An- you have to be informed. You have to really know what's going on in Haiti. Answer the critics. You have to. Yeah, the critics, like the No Agenda Show, who are critical of your handling of taking all the money, George. Be able to, and sometimes those critics being, uh, for instance, Omar al-Bashir. Is now, I'm not Omar al-Bashir. I'm Adam Curry. The critic. Yeah. Uh, I have to be able to answer him. You know, I have to be able to answer when I sit in front of the Security Council, um, one of the rotating members of the Security Council or the Chinese ambassador, when they say, well, these are just rebels, you can say, well, rebels don't have tanks. They don't have plan. You have to be informed on it. Uh, and I think that that's the, the, the reason that you have to uh, try to, when I say pick one, I, it doesn't mean don't help out other people. It just means... It sounds like he's stammering. Oh, yeah. He always starts to stammer when he's, when he's unsure of what crap. to say. Touching his nose the whole time, all the telltale signs, because he clearly, he, he went out and brought, brought in tons of money for Haiti, and he's, it was so incredible. Really- I'm sorry, you have to be so incredibly involved, and you have to you know, really think about it. And it's bullcrap. Because, you know, now would be the time for George Clooney to stand up and say, hey, you know, this is really not okay. Because, uh, you know, these people haven't received the money. It's all been stolen. It'd be a good, if he did that right now, or if... Then, then I, 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 would, I would retract everything I've said about George Clooney if he did that right now. Yeah, does he? Of course not. Of course not. But, uh, the, because, you know, we know that uh, he's a, a CIA asset. And I, I have just, before we get to our, uh, the people we need to thank this morning, or for our producers i think we have one or two um if you listen to the following bits from this fantastic in-depth interview this setup and by the way clooney isn't even in the studio he's on satellite his dad is in the studio which is was weird oh you can't do it yeah yeah no, no it's just, pointless yeah so um if you listen to this bit with and bear in mind that clooney is a cia asset it gets really funny when you listen to what he's saying so Pierce brings up the spying via satellite, and isn't that weird, uh, seeing as that George Clooney himself sued hard copy Entertainment Tonight. Remember this a couple of years ago, John? He was like, because they were invading on his privacy? Oh, yeah. And he was, he was leading a huge charge. Of, and this is when, uh, actually, it's a little bit longer than a few years ago, um, uh, after uh, Princess Diana was uh, assassinated, so-called by paparazzi. That's when, of course, there was George to go and cover it all up. Oh, the paparazzi are bad. Please don't look over here at uh, who might have actually assassinated her. And there was George, already an early asset. And uh, so it's kind of ironic that he is now spying down to uh, a one foot in diameter in, uh, in, uh, in Sudan. A certain irony, I guess, that you're now deploying effectively paparazzi covert photography in the Sudan. Now, I'm sure you'll argue quite rightly that it's, it's obviously ostensibly in the public Hold interest to second. do this. Right. When you're interviewing somebody, you do not give them the answer and then approve <laughs> of the pre-approved answer by saying the words <laughs> quite rightly. But, but that's what it is. Thank you for assassinating that. Guy is that. an idiot. I mean, this is bull. This is like, well, Adam, I'm sure you'll agree with me when you, when I tell you that. Of course, you know this already. You know that kind of kind of interviewing is not interviewing. No, but that's the whole point. Is taking to mind that this is the Ministry of Truth. 
And wait until wait, wait, wait until his dad this comes the in. British version. We never use that in the U.S. when we do pull this crap. We don't go. Well, Adam, you're going to say quite right, quite rightly, because if you don't, <laughs> if rightly. you don't say that, it wouldn't be quite right, no, would it? You have to be right when quite you say it. Rightly, John, say it quite rightly now. But it made me wonder, both for you and your father, um, where you think the line should be drawn with photography well, and paparazzi. So you know, well, Piers. Uh, now, 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 to again, you notice he said photography just in general because we had last show we talked about that. That's what, that's what I'm getting to. Stay tuned. It gets better. These people are about to tell you where you're at, slave. Listen to this. This is great. I'm also watching your house. <laughs> See? See this, this is how you set it into the mind of people. I'm watching your house, uh, Pierce. <laughs> so really? It's not just the studio. Oh, yes. And we'll talk about it later because there's some cash coming. You hear the fake laugh, right? Because this the, the joke was set up because you need to understand that your house is being watched. Of course, not by yeah. George Clooney, but you are being watched. And just listen to this. This is amazing. I mean, my Look, wife. me and your girlfriend are uh, just good friends. All right? She was just delivering milk. <laughs> we, just, we just met. You drink a lot of milk, apparently. Uh, you know, um, well, where yeah, is the how, line how for you, George? It? I mean, as one of the most photographed well, guys in the world, where do you think the line should be? Uh, I'll tell you why I asked this. I suppose as an editor, I would, I would play devil's advocate and say this to you. How do you feel specifically okay. about, say, a famous actor or actress? Who's so All right, so, uh, forget that. Listen to his dad. Well, so, hold on. Wait, one more thing I want to point out here yeah. for deconstructing purposes. Uh, when somebody's, uh, you know, instead of just asking hard questions, he, he, he kind of says to play devil's advocate, which is essentially means he doesn't agree that he's going to be asking these questions. It's a very interesting trick. And it's not a trick. It's actually kind of a disclaimer. In other words, I, you know, I'm agreeing with everything you say. And, but just to play devil's advocate, because somebody out there is going to want me to really ask a hard question. So I'm going to play devil's advocate and ask what's kind of a hard question, but I'm already on your side on the answer. It's just the whole thing is bad. It's really bad form this guy has. Which is why he's going to get fired. Tells their wedding or their baby's christening for a million dollars, and they keep it. All right, so he goes into some of that Hollywood bull crap. But then he, uh, Pierce goes, goes to his dad, because this is where the real message comes in from his handler. Let me ask Nick here. I mean, you, you are a newsman. Yeah. And you've, you know, it, it is a fine line here, because the, the commercialization of celebrity, particularly in the last 10 years, has been such that many celebrities uh, consort with paparazzi. I know that from the other side of the fence. Well, they make do, money out of the... What we've done is we've lost privacy. So we might as well just uh, admit that. Uh, do you yeah. hear that, slaves? Hey, this is from a journalist. This is from the, the, the... George Clooney's dad, he's the journalist. Hey, listen, slaves, you have no privacy. You might as well just admit that. Uh, some of the Supreme Court rulings, some things that have happened after that. There is no... Relatively speaking, there is little or no privacy left. Just so you know, you have no pri My son doesn't have it. You don't have it. So therefore, we none of us have it. This is the message from the Ministry of Truth. Anymore. That battle has already been lost. He's <laughs> <laughs> a serious yeah. journalist. Unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, I, I could go on. He actually, uh, you could go on. In fact, another thing that bugs me, Pierce Morgan says uh, uh, the paparazzi thing, and he says particularly in the last 10 years. It's a bull crap. <sighs> Not the last 10 years. The funny thing is uh, Clooney at the end uh, somewhere in one of these bits is like, you know, uh, Bono used to do a good job at all this, and 
essentially saying, you know, Bono's out. Bono, <laughs> really? Yeah, I think Bono's out. Did you see him at uh, Sergeant uh, Shriver's uh, wake? No. Uh, so I, I, was, I couldn't put up with much of the Sergeant Shriver. Yeah, thing. well, I, I didn't watch any of it, but I saw stuff on the news, and I saw, like, Bill Clinton, and, you know, he's cracking jokes. Of course, Shriver was, uh, what, 95, so he had a great life. It's a celebration of life. And then Bono's there with the Edge going playing some, like, uh, so yeah, and the Edge is playing acoustic guitar, and Bono What's is... Bono got to do with Sergeant Shriver? Uh, because it's all part of the elite, man. That's I what it is. I can't see Sergeant Shriver and Bono hanging out, Vinny. It's, it's the Kleiner-Perkins connection. There's a connection there. The Shrivers are connected to KP uh, with the Special Olympics and the Peace Corps. Come on, man, the Peace Corps. You understand how that works. I don't have to explain it to you. All the elites. In the morning to all the elites. Well, in the morning to our producers. Yes, we have a few, I believe. We have uh, we we're having a new uh, uh, an Uber title called Special Executive Producer. Oh, really? Uh, oh, hold on a second. <clears throat> Special Executive Producer. All right. Yeah, this is an, and, then, and I'm of the opinion, at least currently, that it's probably going to only go to Baron von Pelsmacher. <laughs> oh, it's ba- <laughs> when it's- he chimes in. We have to give him a, a kind of a. Shout out in a different way. So he'll be our executive, special executive producer for today's show. Um, he gave us $1,111.11 because apparently he thinks that, uh, well, he doesn't think. He has the impression. Let me just read his note. Always catching up to the older shows. Just got to show number 250. He's way behind. Sorry, he says. Uh, I heard that I'm basically pay- paying Adam's rent. So I guess I better continue. Wouldn't want to allow him, <laughs> wouldn't want him to have no roof over his head. Well- more well, thank you so much. <laughs> no, more importantly, today's brought a little karma to our family, or more correctly, to my dearest wife, Catherine. She was in town, a liege, uh, and got her purse. Liege. Brazenly- I think it's Liege. Liege. Could be. Uh, and got her purse brazenly stolen while enjoying breakfast with a friend. It's amazing oh, how oh, much no cojones some people. Cojones, he uses that word in Belgium. Ba- Baron von Pelsmachers. Wow. You shock me. Some uh, people have to walk off with a purse in a busy eatery, but I guess that's par for the course in these economically uncertain times. The usual rigmarole of getting cards blocked, mobile phones missing, car keys missing, etc. Were, were it not that some gentleman, a real one, found her purse a little while later and all that was missing was the cash. All the rest was still there and the good man even took the trouble to come drop it off. Wow. So the karma gods were 99% on the ball today, and one cannot ever be thankful enough for that. Hence, I would like to dedicate the special 1111 knighthood to add another dame to the table, namely Catherine Pelsmacher's Mosin. Uh, I doubt if ever I made her listen, she would find... <laughs> she doesn't listen. No, I don't think his family knows what he's doing with their money. This is- <laughs> Do you have that feeling? <clears throat> Get if ever feeling? made her listen, uh, she would find much to appreciate in the show, or and oh, she, oh, oh, she he doubts that she would find much to appreciate in the show or her theories. But hey, well, do we dame her or not? Yeah, we. Might well, how well. come she's she, not on the list? She'll she'll be, she'll be the unknown dame. Yeah, why isn't she on the list? Yeah, because our Eric's too busy bitching about boarding passes. <laughs> And then we have an executive producer, Kerry 
Kelly Spongborg, Black Knight Kelly, as we call him in the real world, uh, Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, Canada, where all the money is. Second installment for Dallas Spongberg's knighthood, Dame Andre and Sir Kelly will be attending Macworld 2011 or Hope and No Agenda Meetup in San Francisco that week to help propagate the formula. Uh, set it up, I'll try to show up. Also, if things get too hot in the USA, remember, we Canadians welcome immigrants as long as they have a no-agenda <laughs> challenge coin. That's or right. <laughs> a mothership boarding pass. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, perfect. Black Knight, Kelly Spongberg. Beautiful. And we have uh, two associate uh, executive producers, uh, Robert Wiltshire from Tampa, Florida, who is also the lone and sole member of the... No longer can be a member of the 272 Club. He is the uh, head of it. And finally, Jared Forrester of Regina, rhymes with, Saskatchewan, California. Uh, And this should finish the knighthood layaway, so he'll be Sir Jared uh, halfway through the show. And this is is interesting because we have... uh, Three people of the four executive producers that aren't even Americans. They're uh, out of the country. Two Canadians. We want to thank them a lot. And then we have somebody in Florida. So we actually have no Americans uh, at all that, that were executive producers this week. We have a Floridian. Oh, and I've got one more. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Stephen Liddick uh, in Dallas, Texas, $205. I missed, his on, missed him on the list here. Hey, guys, this is my first donation of No Agenda. I'm giving $5 for each month. The show has been online. Everyone should do that. 39 months equals $195. I'm also giving an extra $10 for a karma shout-out for me and my girl, Sonia. You've got karma. Right on. Thank you. They're trying to make a little human resource, and they're having some setbacks. We'd appreciate any karma you could throw our way. Thanks. <laughs> we can help with that, too, by the way. Just let us know where, where we have to be. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's full on so we service. Have one, we have one American. We have one Floridian, two Canadians, and Sir Stephen. Wow. That just goes to show how, uh, how sad the state of affairs is in the, the United States of Gitmo Nation. Yeah. No one cares. Uh, but you know what? Tonight, and actually, uh, Texas might not even be counted as American. <laughs> tonight, uh, Kim and Chloe take on New York, so uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's the most important thing that's on everyone's mind here. What's that? Kim and Chloe take New York. The Kardashians, the new season. Oh, uh, uh. you know, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen that show. Yeah, you all, you're you're missing a lot. Yeah. Anyway, anyone who wants to be the executive producer for upcoming show on Thursday, please. Uh, Go to Dvorak.org slash NA and contribute, or go to your email box and see if you can find that email we sent out. A couple of uh, PR mentions. Uh, First of all, Matt Stewart, who uh, did his PR duties yesterday in the Future Shop. He took a picture of it, and uh, I think he might have taken a video of it, actually. Yeah, he did take a video of it. I think I've got it playing here. Um, which is something I encourage everyone to do. Uh, he uh, went to the Future Stop and left uh, the latest uh, episode of No Agenda playing on an iPad there in the shop. Just, great. Yeah, it's great. Just go ahead and turn that on and on. Uh, go to the Apple Store. That's a good place to do it as well. Uh, I received, John, I don't know if you received, I received a uh, No Agenda 101010 Super Karma 42 package in the mail this week. Did you get yours by any chance? Uh, with all the little pins? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm looking at all the pins. By the way, a couple of them glow in the dark. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's noagendasuperkarma.com. Uh, and uh, this is um, Sir Ernie, I believe, from, I think he's from Switzerland. Things are really nice, man. This is like, this isn't no joke. No, the pins are outstanding. They're the quality is, is, is remarkable. I have uh, my my feeling about the various pins. 
I think the one that I would wear, I mean, I wouldn't mind wearing the in the morning pin, but the the, the little number 42, I think, is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Because it's so obscure. Yeah. And um, the dog tag one is so big and heavy that you, you, it it drags my my head down to the ground. You have to be a rapper. <laughs> you got you got to be in hip hop, John. Not rapper. We call them hip hoppers now. You have to be a hip hop guy <laughs> to wear these giant. <laughs> and they're trackable. They're trackable, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure they got. Yeah, RFID no. I, I went them. I went to geocaching.com and activated it, so it's now trackable around the world. <laughs> oh, they're trackable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's not like RFID trackable, but you enter where they are, and it's it's fun. Oh. It's a fun little thing. I love the 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 glow in the dark, though. That's uh, it's awesome. Anyway, so that was nice. Um, quick shout out to uh, Ludolphus on Twitter, who created a Xbox Music Channel audio add on for the No Agenda Show, and a link in the show notes under PR. Uh, so now you can listen to the No Agenda stream. Uh, all four levels of it, uh, the high, the medium, the low, and I guess there's a fourth stream that I don't know about. Uh, you can listen to that while you're playing your Xbox, while you're playing Call of Duty. You can hear us warning about not playing Call of Duty. Huh. And uh, We have a lot of good ancillary uh, products and things that are going on. We do. We like do. lots. I mean, it's not yeah. like one or two things. There's like dozens. Well, we have an, uh, what, what did someone email us about? We have an uh, ecosystem is what we have. Yeah, we have an ecosystem. Ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. We, we got us an ecosystem. Yeah. Very few shows out there have an ecosystem <laughs> like ours. Yeah, or have an ecosystem. Like none. Not I don't have, know any they don't have any e- got- Where's Pierce Morgan's ecosystem? He doesn't have no yeah. ecosystem. So we want to thank our uh, special executive producer, Baron Stephen Pelsmachers. Uh, for uh, becoming a, a member of the one 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 club, and uh, again, uh, again, the guy is awesome, and uh, karma to his uh, his family, and I think we also have a reuniting of one of his kids that we have to take care of. Uh, Eric, please take better care of Baron von Pelsmachers. Uh, executive producer Black Knight Kelly Spongberg, and uh, associate executive producer number of the two seven two club Robert uh, Wilcher. Yeah, and then also executive producer, associate executive producer uh, Stephen Liddick. We really appreciate uh, what you guys. And Jared Forrester. Did I not have Jared Forrester? You didn't mention him. I think you You went from Wiltshire to Liddick. Okay, so uh, when the show's done, let's make sure I get all this right. (laughs) It was a little complicated today. You threw in an extra category. Yeah, and Jared. Okay, thank you very much. Everybody else out there, we need you to go out and do one very important thing, which is propagating the formula. Our formula is this: we go out. We hit people in the mouth. Say it loud and proud with me now. Shut up, Steve. Okay. Right. So there's a lot of news. I don't know. You got more news than I do. I mean, I was watching a lot of C-SPAN. Yeah. And, uh... (laughs) <laughs> to what was this you don't have to happy about it C-SPAN yeah I was watching I watched some I, C-SPAN I caught a little I, bit here and there I caught a couple of interesting um, weird new things that, that have happened recently uh, in terms of uh, advertising and such well, let, uh, let, and, let, let, we, and, that's can a, I do an ask Adam right off the top here oh we well, a, well hold on a second John I'm so glad you asked because uh, we uh, said uh, that we had this new segment uh, 
and uh, and I said we needed a jingle. Uh, allow me. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. I I didn't expect this so early. Allow me to play a uh, a little montage. When John C. Dvorak got a burning question, what should we do? Ask Adam. <laughs> Ask Adam, ask Adam, will he know or will he won't? I don't know, but here we go. Ask Adam, ask Adam, yeah. <laughs> we have a great, I mean, we got an ecosystem here, John. We got like Sir Jeff Smith came in. We got all kinds of people with jingles. So, yes, please feel free to ask me a question. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. It's very simple. Uh, <clears throat> when you think of pain relief. Yes. Uh there's there's one thing that goes. It's a historic drug <coughs> for pain relief. Gen, it's just for general aspirin. pain relief. It's for headache. Aspirin. It's for aspirin. What was it? Aspirin. aspirin. That's really, what? that's interesting. You'd say that because apparently Bayer uh-huh. uh, believes that the public now thinks that aspirin's only good to prevent heart attacks. Really. I'm going, I have to assume that from this commercial, which is this baffling Bayer aspirin ad. Let me set it up. This, uh, there's a guy sitting in uh, an airplane seat, and he's rubbing his shoulder or something. He's got a back. I don't know what's wrong with him, but something. And, he's, and he bitches to the uh, flight attendant that he's in dreadful pain, and does she have anything for pain? She gives him a box of, a box, by the way, I like to see that on an airplane, yeah. a box of Bayer aspirin. And he says, no, no, that's not what I want. And she has to lecture him. Because apparently the American public's so stupid that they don't know what aspirin is for. You can play it short. Do you have something for pain? Oh, bare aspirin. I'm not having a heart attack. It's my back. It works great for pain. Nothing's proven to relieve pain better than extra strength bare aspirin. It rushes relief to the site of pain. Feel better? Yeah. Thanks for the tip. You know. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> thanks for the tip. What is the guy, an idiot? Well, so, but here's the interesting thing. Next time you're on the airplane, ask the flight attendant for some aspirin or a painkiller, and she yeah, will say, "I'm sorry, I can't give you that because it's it's a it, they can get it's sued. Against the law. It's against the law. You can't. They can't give you an aspirin. So it's That's a double true. whammy. It's so stupid. I have gotten aspirin from from uh, uh, flight attendants, but you have to go in the back, and they have right. to, and they have they to like pull sneak, them out of it, their purse. sneak it out of their own purse. Exactly. And they say, "Don't tell anybody I gave you this." <laughs> The, Seriously. We, we all know the only pain reliever is this show. Well, John, John, since you asked me, and since uh, I, I am not like uh, the American public who has been indoctrinated, apparently, and only thinks that aspirin is for heart attacks, I, I actually know that uh, that's really what I would prefer to have instead of uh, ibuprofen or anything else. I like the old school aspirin. Uh, John, here's one for you. Ask John Dvorak. <laughs> this is all I got? <laughs> Well, we could play it twice. That's yeah, okay. So there are, the segment is Ask Adam, not no, Ask John no, Dvorak. John Dvorak. Yeah, we've got a new segment here. Let me ask you, um, what political movement is it? What is the definition of a movement that seeks to organize a country according to a particular nationalist strand of corporatist values and perspectives with emphasis on enforcing a collectivist form of political and economic organization based on a tightly prescribed national identity? Fascism. Yes, very good. Thing. Oh, well, oh my gosh, we don't have a payoff. John Great. Now, let me ask you this question, John. If you uh, invite the CEO of the largest corporation in these United States of Gitmo, 
to be your economic advisor. Is that not almost the definition of fascism? Well, you know what? Somebody's kind of like, it's probably more what we're dealing with is corporatism, corporatism. which is a form of fascism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'd say yes to that. So, of course, I'm talking about the shadow puppet theater where uh, the president uh, got rid of Paul Volcker, who actually I think was is, was a pretty good economist, a pretty good guy. Yeah, but he took too many naps during the day. <laughs> Except for the sleeping bit. That was, a little, that was a little irritating. He kept falling asleep in every meeting. Uh, but he's been around for 100 years. The guy was tired, let's face it. And uh, and and changes the name of the, of the committee to, uh, what did he change it to? The... Um, the, I don't know. Uh, new count the Council on Jobs and Competitiveness. Yeah, B- the, yeah which right. which is total crap. Competitiveness, and he announces this at the GE factory in Schenectady. So I'm like, wow, you know, this is the current CEO of not only uh, I I believe our largest uh, government contractor, our largest manufacturer. Uh, the 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 company that yeah we make light bulbs. Well, and, you're talking and uh, well, you're just a beater. You're beating around the bush. The no, no, I, no. Is- I'm leading up to something. All right, I'm leading up to Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Now he's an independent. Before yeah. before I, I, this you know, Sanders is one of those guys. He's, he reminds me of Kucinich. Uh, Kuc- Kucin- what is Kucinich? Kucinich. Kucinich. Who is uh, who? Every once in a while says something brilliant. Right. So this was actually December. So this is before the Christmas break. He says the following about uh, uh, Immelt, Jeffrey Immelt, now uh, uh, one step closer to the throne. And, uh, and, and well, just listen to this. GE is, of course, one of our major corporations. And in fact, as recent disclosure pointed out, uh, the taxpayers of this country through the Fed provided $16 billion in bailout to General Electric, General Electric during the recent crisis. This is what the head of CEO of General Electric, Jeffrey Inmelt, uh, said uh, in uh, 2002, December 6th. Quote, Jeff Inmelt, head of CEO. When I am talking to GE managers, I talk China, 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 China. Five Chinas. <laughs> you need to be there. You need to change the way people talk about it and how they get there. I am a nut on China. Outsourcing from China is going to grow to $5 billion. We are building a tech center in China. Every discussion today has to center on China. The cost basis is extremely attractive. You can take an 18-cubic-foot refrigerator, make it in China, land it in the United States, and land it for less than we can make an 18-cubic-foot refrigerator today ourselves. End of quote. Jeffrey Inmel, chairman, CEO of General Electric, quoted in an investor meeting on December 6, 2002. Gee, when GE recently had, a couple of years ago, some really difficult economic times, they needed $16 billion to bail them out. I didn't hear Mr. Inmel going to China, 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 China. I didn't hear that. I heard Mr. Inmel going to the taxpayers of the United States for his welfare check. So I say to Mr. Inmel, and I say to all of these CEOs who have been so quick to run to China, that maybe it's time to start reinvesting in the United States 
of America. So that's just a little background on this, right, uh, this great hero. Well, this, so, of course, uh, Jeffrey Immelt, great hero of the United States. And uh, even uh, our friend Bernie Sanders is off the mark a little bit because it's not about the manufacturing. 60% of GE's manufacturing, of course, is overseas. A lot of it in China, 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 China. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> that's what he said, China, China, China. Uh, but the big thing, of course, was uh, it's GE Capital, which is a huge finance arm. And he's I don't know where he gets his uh, his 14 billion or whatever. It's actually GE in 2008 got a $140 billion uh, bailout. $140 billion. That's it's huge. You know, uh, I I want to bring something up, just kind of an aside here, because it's uh, it, it it it's it's ancillary, but at the same time, it, it's in the news, and you can continue, I want you to continue with this. But uh, so this week, right after this happened, by the way, uh, Keith Olbermann just walked off, basically walked off. No, his own he show. he was fired. He I'm not so sure of that. And, and because there's no actually nobody's confirming that he was fired. Everyone says he's fired, and TMZ says he wasn't fired. He says that they he was going to be fired by Comcast because they don't like him. I don't right. believe any of this is true. He's been sitting there stewing on this show. He's been mad ever since they 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 took him off the show as a, they punished him for two days, even though right. it was, who right. cares that, yeah. for for giving money to a Democrat. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's no coincidence that Immelt all of a sudden gets his job at the White House, and Immelt's really the guy behind his being punished, right. Right. showing outrageous corruption and and collaboration between General Electric and the government and so and so Oberman is publicly humiliated for giving some money to a campaign contribution to a couple of guys I think he walked off the show cuz of this it's possible uh, the timing is all interesting because we just had uh, the head honcho from China here China we had the China man yeah so all this takes it's like, why don't we just sell our own country down well, the I, river I, I, to China I think I think we are China <laughs> the way I look at it, we're all just China. China. Just do a joint venture or something. Make the two countries one and I, get it over with. I, I, I think it's done, uh, as far as I can see. We are China. And the well, the other thing was there was a, during this period in the last week, and I didn't. I don't have any clips to, to to back myself up because the clips are too a little too boring. It would be very difficult to edit down. But there, there were some China hearings in Congress, mm -hmm. and they had a bunch of different people making all these commentaries, and one of the things, one of our representatives, a, a, a Republican from Fullerton, one of the, uh, who the congressman is from down there, was talking about how American companies go to China, they, you know, they, they buy into all the, oh, the, you know, we're going to help you, you can set up shop here, and the people set, right. set up shop, and then all of a sudden, their leases are, are dropped, there's new regulations, they're kicked out of the country, their employees right. won't show up, and the whole thing's a big scam. Well, now, wait a minute. The, the, so we can export our technology so the Chinese don't have to develop anything, they steal everything. So where does uh, Eric Schmidt from Google fit into all of this? Because he just stepped down, which was also a very weird move because right. when, when you have a professional ceo like eric schmidt at google stepping down and handing it over to sergey no no it was his partner larry larry so it doesn't matter neither of those guys are ceo material Cannot larry's larry's more so than sergey's more of a of, of a cto type yeah, but still, I mean, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't no, think Larry's the thing, any well, comparison. We all know, I wrote a column about this in Market Watch. Oh, really? Go no, look I, I it should up. go read it, yeah. 
I discussed this in detail, and the fact of the matter is a known fact. Curiously, nobody else picked up on this. It's a known fact that uh, Eric wanted out, and and he wants to oh. work in the government. Right for for and, China. Well, he he wants he's what's going to happen. I think he's going to be the head of the CIA eventually. <laughs> How beautiful would that be? It's well, if you think about it, who's who's better equipped to be running a big organization that collects data? Yeah. Either that or the NSA, yeah. which is even a better fit. It, well, they're already uh, in partnership, Google yeah. and the NSA. Oh, that's yeah, great! So, oh, he could he could totally run the. He flies he flies jets too. He's a hot guy, this Eric Schmidt. Oh, he does fly jets. He flies his own jet. Yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. didn't know he's. Oh no, yeah, oh, he's a pilot. pilot. Oh yeah. Well, those guys are pilot pilots at Google. They got well, the whole. They got, got the whole. They got the seven. So Eric can fly a seven sixty seven around. Too. No, he flies his G five. He's got a. G5. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's what he flies. But yeah. he, but he probably is qualified for a seven sixty seven. Guys who fly jets tend to want to get qualified <laughs> for more and more jets. You hear that, Bar- Baron von Pelsmachers? Get me a jet. <laughs> Rent is not enough. Damn it! I need to be on par with uh, with Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even fly your other regular plane around. Is if it's cost too much. <laughs> No, I've. Uh, it looks like it's sold. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the price of flying it around. Is this? Oh, I can't. I can't afford that. I can't afford to fly a plane around anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, so, uh, Eric can. Oh yeah. He, can, he won't even have to worry about. It. He won't even have to fly his own. He won't even have to pay for his own gas if he becomes head of the NSA. <laughs> or you know, the other job that needs filling is that is that Uber head of all intelligence job. Right, they've never found enough of a heavy hitter to take that job because they they because they don't have a guy who's got even more information than they do. Well, they did find a, a new puppet to run the uh, uh, the division of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, that oversees asset managers and hedge funds, which of course is all about the uh, you know the tough new regulations that uh, the Obama administration put in place on these horrible banksters that got us into all this trouble. So they found someone, John. Did you did you know that? Did you hear about this? They found Ooh. someone to fill the position. Uh, it's a woman. and you, It's all women, uh, who've, who've, I think, who have held this position in the past uh, decade. Um, her name is uh, Eileen Rominger. And, uh, oh, well, well, that's interesting. Do you know where she worked for the past 15 years? Goldman Sachs? <laughs> Bingo. I'm not just guessing off the top of my head. <laughs> These formulas aren't that difficult to deconstruct. Shadow Puppet Theater. Yeah, 30 you years. Just take, you just take a guess and you're right. She uh, managed equity funds at Oppenheimer Capital and then uh, Goldman Sachs before becoming <clears throat> Goldman Sachs Chief Investment Officer for its global portfolio management teams. And now she's joining the agency. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that should make a difference. Yeah, it'll make a difference to Goldman. Uh, that's crazy. This, didn't the president promise us that this wouldn't happen? They wouldn't. We wouldn't have this this kind of revolving door. You know, thing going I think on? he was sincere in that promise. And then when he finally got in office, it was so corrupt. He's like, oops. And everybody, you could do it. It's like you can't find anybody else because uh, right. people, you know, they, if they want to, you know, if you find an academic that might be able to do it, they won't take the job, you know, or they have a horse's head in their bed the next morning. I mean, who knows? <laughs> anyway, to bring it all full circle, uh, as I believe, yes, a corporatist and on the way to fascist states, GE CEO Jeffrey Immelt says, uh, Bloomberg article, quote, the interaction between government and business will change forever. In a reset economy, the government will be a regulator 
and also an industry policy champion, a financier, and a key partner. Well, that's yeah. fascism. Yeah, it is fascism. That's the that is almost it's almost taken right off Wikipedia the way he said it. Yeah. So yay. Well, we knew this was going on or going to happen. I mean, right. I've been predicting fascism for a decade or more. It's just the easiest way to do things. There was something I read. Now that you mention it, what the hell was it that said this? Now I'm irked about this, this about <laughs> fascism because somebody... You, you think? You should be irked, yeah? Somebody brought up... Somebody... Ha- oh, man, I wish... Maybe somebody... Go ahead, mate. Go ahead. Say what, say what it is. This, I can't remember who the person is, but they, they made this weird comment, and I was reading it, or I was, I was reading it, I'm sure, about how uh, f- uh, freedom and democracy are incompatible. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how does that, why is that? Why is freedom and democracy incompatible? They don't go together well. So anyway, well, I'll, wow. I'll do some follow-up on that. Wow. I have a, we can switch to a clip that's a short little clip that standalone clip i don't know what it's about why it even exists but uh it's a constipation clip and here we go she felt lost until the combination of three good probiotics and phillips colon health defended against the bad gas diarrhea and constipation and it helped balance her colon Ooh, now that's the best part <laughs> phillips colon health Ooh, ooh, that's the best part well, it's balancing your colon <laughs> You're right. I don't know. That is, that is a standalone clip if I ever heard one. <laughs> standalone <laughs> clip. There's nothing to say. <laughs> Ooh, that's the best part. That is absolutely the best part. When your colon is balanced. That's not funny, man, being uh, if you're constipated. No. But, you know, eat prunes. That helps, too. So I saw the uh, rocket launch. Oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask Did you Did you forget? That. Did you forget to watch? I couldn't see it. it went, went, really? It oh, my gosh. It was, it, was, I mean, it was so easy once I you know, whipped out my compass and figured out which direction to right. look. Right. Because, of course, our, Mickey would laugh. I'm always looking. I, I don't have no sense of direction on the ground. When I'm in the air, I'm okay. That's uh, odd. But, yeah, I know. But I was actually I was looking uh, east, west. I don't know where I was looking. So, but, yeah, I mean, I could see the, um, the vapor trail clear as day. Oh yeah, the beautiful. Did you get to see the the uh, this this the uh, where it breaks off? No, see second? see that uh, I could see the vapor trail. There was like a a curly Q twist, and then I guess where there was a separation, and that was it. I, I never actually saw the rocket. It was impossible. But I mean, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles, and to see this thing at Vandenberg, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's quite a that's quite a distance. How how many miles do you think that is? Well, it can't be more than two hundred. Well, so but. And it was clear as day. I mean, it was like, wow. Oh, no, when they take off, I mean, the, for one thing, the, the vapor trail, which is more than vapor, smoke, too. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, smoke no, it's, and vapor It's actual trail. smoke, yeah. It's smoke. Mostly, it's huge. And it's huge. And it's, the last time when I saw was, I saw, it was obviously shot in a different direction. It came flying across, and you could see the little dot, The you, all you get to see is a little, real bright pin, like a pin spot, really bright little no, white I, spot. I, I couldn't see that. I had binoculars. That I couldn't oh, see. too bad. I couldn't anyway, see. Anyway, so you see this thing going, and it's this huge thing. I mean, this, and it's going like a bat out of hell. This thing doesn't go slow. I mean, it's just ro- rocking. I mean, this is the whole process is less, less than five minutes. And then you see the, uh, just a break. Like it all of a sudden it stops dead. There's right. no smoke, right? And, and then done. boom, there's yeah. m- more little trail of smoke, and it go- keeps going with a little gap, and then it's gone. 
Well, this and was the uh, second Delta IV heavy launch for the National Reconnaissance that's, Office. That's the <clears throat> rocket you want to see. If you can get down to Vandenberg and watch one of those, that's apparently the rocket you want to watch take off because that thing uh, uh, just lights it up. It shakes the ground. It's a monster. And you're paying for it, so you might as well. Yeah, they let you watch. I mean, <clears throat> this you know, was the a, largest a, rocket ever launched from the West Coast, John. Oh, wow. Most important, according to uh, Mission Operations, Jim Sponick, most important is the critical NRO payload launch today, which will significantly enhance the effectiveness and safety of the brave men and women defending our nation every day. The L.A. police? (laughs) It's bad boys, bad boys. Today's successful launch represents the culmination of five years of hard work and exceptional skill in modifying the launch system to establish the West Coast heavy lift capability for the nation to integrate this important mission. Well, if they're going to start doing heavy launches off the West Coast they like are. this, we've got to find some contact to get us down because it's worth the drive to mm. go to Vandenberg to the, uh, to the observation area, which is, I think, on the side of a hill or something, to watch one of these things within, you know, if you're within a mile of it. Or within, I don't know how many feet, you can, how close they let you get. It's apparently just an awe-inspiring thing to watch. The launch. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, a naked woman just came walking into the... We, we need... Video. I know. We should, we should get the camera hooked up. Yeah. I, we, <laughs> we, need to, we need to watch one of these things blast off. Because I think it's just a kick. Oh, we're paying for it. We might as well. Yeah, let's say do somebody we might we find some somebody out there who listens to our show has a pal who works at Vandenberg and they should like start playing the show. I forgot a really important clip. When? Yeah, I did. I got a 17 second clip that's so stupid I forgot this. Today? Yeah, right now it's it's back to the uh it's back to the Obama uh, Immelt thing. Oh, you left a clip out? Yeah, I left a clip out. I had a point to make. So he was at uh, in uh, Schenectady, I think Schenectady, New York, and he's he's boast at the GE plant, you know, boasting about how great he's doing for American business. And this little ditty slips out. That's why I traveled to India a few months ago, and, and Jeff was there with us, where our businesses were able to reach agreement to export ten billion dollars in goods and services to India, and that's going to lead to another fifty thousand jobs here in the United States. So it, so this whole speech is about how great he's done. I'm like, you remember who else was uh, went to him, went with him to uh, India, in that junket? Deepak Chopra, yeah, the, the head of the, the the guy that makes the the body scanners. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the CEO Deepak Chopra. Oh, not, the other Deepak, not not yeah. the not the 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 not the, the guy who talks like this. Well, he may talk like it, but the health guy. So the so he on our dime he went to India, and now the guy is uh, taking a job at the uh, Canada Post. What? So, yes, he he's now the CEO of Canada Post. The Indian guy? Deepak Chopra, the guy who Obama took along with Jeffrey and all hung out there in that huge junket that cost $200 million. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Right, so, huh. th- so this guy said, thank you very much. And then he went right to Canada Post and he's going to do some, he like, took the business to Canada. Interesting. No, interesting, lame. <laughs> Lame. He should at least pay back his uh, his flight. Yeah, really. And expenses. Well, I don't know. No, it's all right. It's not like Canada should be happy with him there. So know, no, that probably, probably he's yeah. going to privatize it and screw him. But it doesn't matter. The whole point is they've been privatizing things left and right in Canada that yeah. don't need to be privatized. Right. But the point for me was like, well, that's that's lame. 
The guy goes on our dime, flies over there, hangs out. Does, does a deal. And, does a and deal. And screws us. Yeah, and it's exactly. Takes us straight to Canada. Nice. So talking about India, I do have a clip. Uh, there was I, I actually have a series of clips. I didn't have time this morning to put them together so they make uh, so I could have actually some humor. What were you so busy doing? I, f- I didn't get up on time. The clock didn't go off. I pulled a I pulled a curry. <laughs> well, you should try your iPhone alarm. It's it's really great. So uh, no, I, I have to go back and figure. I think I when I reset the clock, I think I put the AM to PM or some you know one of those mix ups. So it didn't go off. So I wake up. Wait, hold uh, on a second. You have a clock that uh, that that doesn't communicate with like the central atomic time. Uh, it's it's not a it's not connected to a time server. You have an old it's a school. clock. It's a clock that's plugged into the wall. It's got batteries in it in case the wall power goes out. Right. It's an old school clock that works well, unless I <laughs> screw it up by flipping around the AM to the PM. User error. User error. So I wake up. Uh, <laughs> It, you, you, this happens to everybody. Sometimes you'll wake up. You know, you wake up on and off during the night a couple of times, maybe. But you usually don't wake up and sit up like, wait, something's wrong. And because uh, your body has told you that you're, uh, you've slept too long. And you, so it was like 10 minutes to 8. Ooh, usually get oh, wow. S- yeah, yeah, that's very So you get up at you. 7 to get my act together. Right. So that's why the clips came in a little late. So anyway, so I pop up, and you know, like... Whoops! I, I, why am I waking up like this? And then I look over at the clock. And <laughs> because it's like, your colon wasn't balanced. <laughs> and I look, oh man! And so I just jump out of bed and uh, rush, you know, downstairs to have something to eat, make some tea. All right. So what was the clip you were going to tell us about? You've got something. So I had it. In the meanwhile, I had there was a whole series of shows. I think this was on either Current or the Documentary. Channel or what? Or there's a documentary channel now too, right? And it was about uh, carbon credits. There's a whole slew of stuff. I have a bunch of clips on carbon carbon sure. ca- cap and trade. Yeah. Well, well, <clears throat> yeah. I so mean, this, so I'm looking at and they, and most of it is uh, it's up tempo saying how great it is and how Hollywood's going to make it happen and all this. Stuff. But meanwhile, they're really? just telling most of these scams. Yeah. The, well, wait a minute. Do you have a clip of someone saying Hollywood's going to make it happen? Yeah. Let's hear that, and I'd love to talk about this. This is very. I don't have that clip. That's the clip oh. I didn't. Put, I mean, I oh. have it on the on. I can send it to you, but it's raw. Oh, that's disappointing. I didn't produce the clip. Well, what's the uh, carbon credits from dung? Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Hollywood is? <laughs> yeah, it was similar. Similar. Yeah. So I'm watching this clip, which is carbon credits from dung. <laughs> And apparently some companies packaged up, uh, and I think, you know, they first, I'll give you the background. So what happens is they, apparently in some part of India, they uh, have a lot of dung. And so they take the dung and they put it in a big pit and they let it turn into methane. And then they pipe the methane into the various houses in the neighborhood and the methane is burned. And that they sell these carbon credits because the, the, there's a credit that you can collect because the dung producing methane produces so much bad, you know, gas as it were, that's bad for the atmosphere. But if it's turned into, if it's burned, you get carbon credits because the carbon dioxide produces so much less than the methane that you can trade it on the Chicago Exchange, even though this has been going on anyway, and get money. So just play this whole clip and see how much money they these these Indians. In other words, we're are making from poop. And here's what, and for poop. And here, wait. Let me give you the punchline to the whole thing right off the bat. 
these guys are trading these carbon credits so American companies who have, who have cap and trade issues of some sort buy the credits, pass on the extra costs of the credits. I mean, in other words, you, like some company will buy these credits from India, send them the money, ch- or charge the consumer of the United States of America extra money. So we're essentially sending money directly to India for guys to burn dung. Burn the methane and you release CO2, which is not ideal, but CO2 is 22 t- Burn the methane and you release... Uh, well, you need to get up on time, dude. What's wrong with your clips? This is weird. Keep playing. CO2, it's, it's- which is not ideal, but CO2 is 22 times less harmful to the atmosphere than methane, so you still get lots of credits. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, your clip what? keeps repeating. Oh, I don't know why it's doing that. It's, uh, I'll try one more time. I mean, it, <clears throat> this, no, it's, well, say take it, take it up a little bit. All right. <laughs> Burn the methane, and you release CO two, which is not ideal, but CO two is twenty two times less harmful to the atmosphere than methane, so you still get lots of credits. <laughs> But one sacred cow can generate only four carbon credits, so Kishore needs a lot of cows to make this thing work. Fortunately, there are quite a few cows in India. What we do is we identify projects here, develop them for carbon credits, and then we trade it on the exchange, the Chicago Climate Exchange primarily. We think there's an enormous opportunity in India. We have a fantastic project. The poor, rural Indian family now has a source of energy for either heating or cooking. It's a beautiful project because it has social spillover benefits. These are sources that are highly sought after in the carbon market. Uh, you want your buyers increasingly ask a social angle connected to your project, and this such projects clearly have a social angle. You have uh, you have women and villagers collecting cow dung, putting it into a central facility, generating power or generating heat and steam for that, and using it for their household chores. They don't have to go out and cut down firewood. So a carbon credit packaged by Kishore Bhutani and a bunch of farmers in rural India is brokered on the Chicago Climate Exchange, and methane turns into money. But we were surprised when the bank official called us and we traded about a million dollars worth of carbon credits, our very first trade. This is such an incredible scam. (laughs) Tell me about it. It's unbelievable. So we we had the news that a lot of people emailed us about was that uh, about 30 million euros worth of carbon credits had been hacked out of an exchange. This exchange isn't even sanctioned by the elitist pricks who are trying to set this stuff up. Connie Hedegaard, who's in charge of uh, all biodiversity for the European Union, she's like, "Well, that's you know, this is a good thing because we're barring those guys. They they can't they can't be trading over here. That's not real. <laughs> it's like everyone's making up, making stuff up and trading it, and 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 it's turning into money." John, we're so stupid. This is, we, I think you and I said to, to each other two years ago, we need to get into this. We need to make our own carbon credit. And now someone's gone and made it from cow poop, and look at us. We're stupid.
I know, they got a million dollars from cow poop. And the whole thing, I I watched this thing carefully. They had that this thing has already been established. Apparently, in some villages, they do have these cow poop. You know, it's like it's like a big pit. Wait a minute. So the whole idea, they 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 take the cow poop. Let me just get this straight. They take the cow poop. They bury the cow poop. They sell a piece of paper that said, I buried cow poop. And they and they take the money. Isn't that what hap- what's happening here? Basically. <laughs> this is so wrong. <laughs> this is so wrong. And then and then who buys who buys the paper of the buried cow poop? Apparently idiots. There's a <laughs> They had a guy there was a guy that was a follow up story. I have all these then the reason for that clip being awkward I I think is because I don't know why that I don't know I'll, I'll deal with that later. But anyway, there was a, there was another clip they showed uh, this this guy, this hapless guy, this hapless do-gooder, uh, some you know guy who's concerned about the environment. So apparently in Canada, you can buy your carbon credits, the credits that you, it's twenty eight dollars, like twenty eight bucks for a flight to offset carbon offsets for your flight from Toronto to Vancouver. Right, it's an it's offset, it. right? So the airline has apparently. Purchase that, or they don't. They're not even. Are they in the middle? Who? They're middlemen. They sell you the offset. So if you want, the thing is voluntary, which makes me really wonder about people. But okay, so I can. I feel guilty. I'm guilt ridden. I'm a guilt ridden Canadian, and I feel that I am going to chew up. You know, so much terrible. I'm going to burn so much fossil fuel on the trip from Toronto to Vancouver. I can offset this by buying some carbon credits at the kiosk when I buy my ticket. Cost me about twenty eight bucks. So the guy. Apparently, the Canadians did a deal with some some farmer, some woods, some guy who owns a bunch of acreage in B.C., and he plants a tree for, you know, you, you, a couple of trees. Right. That's what we talked about, about planting some trees and selling the paper to people about that. So he sold the paper. Right. We did. We talked about we, it. We, we actually discussed it. it. We, we, yeah, we actually discussed we, doing we had this a meeting we, because we, were, <laughs> we weren't getting enough from our listeners and we we're going to quit. We had one meeting and, and look where it got us. Yeah, we're well, now we able like to say, you. told you so. <laughs> well, anyway, so they, so the guy, so this do-gooder apparently lives in BC. And so he decided after he paid his 28 bucks to go check out. Oh, right. Tree. Very good. So he goes wandering around, and they show the film of it. And, of course, they're, they're, this is an up-tempo piece kind of promoting it. But at the same time, on every time they turn around, there's some scam. And then the guy says, these trees aren't going to grow. And he's got to, he goes to this place where it's overridden by blackberries. And if anyone in the Pacific Northwest knows anything at all, is that blackberries just wreck the place. I mean, they just are, they're just terrible. So the guy, uh, out of good conscience, bought, bought some credits, and then he went to check on the credits, and it turns out it was bogus. It was a, no, they planted the trees, but the trees were dead. And, <laughs> well, okay. and so apparently this happened with some band, some rock band, who also, you know, I can't remember the name of them, but they apparently offset their concerts, and so they buy, they try to mango, try to start a mango grove in India, which was supposed to offset their cost, and the grove died. And then apparently a bunch of Hollywood stars who they're trying to sucker into this because they're so stupid. Right. Uh, they gave them a bunch of carbon credits during one of the awards ceremonies, and then it turns out there was another failed experiment. Of, and so these guys who were running all these carbon credit operations, well, you know, we're still 
trying, we're playing with the model and it's going to work out because we have to do something about global warming and on and on and on. I'm watching this whole thing is an outrageous scam. Oh, man. And the fact that anybody's buying into it in any way is, is amazing to me. And it continues. Like that guy who went into the BC forest to see these dead trees as well. I'll find some other way to offset my credits, uh, my carbon use, my carbon footprint. I've got to offset it. I've got why, to offset why don't we? Uh Here's, I mean, first of all, we know that the number one resource that is eating up resources in the world and that is causing a biodiversity is the human resource, right? The, the, everyone says this. So, of course, we're not going to kill people. But why don't, why don't we, with our no agenda human resources, set up a carbon credit? Where we're all, we'll, we'll all promise to uh, not breathe for 10 minutes a day. That's, well, I don't know about not breathing. I think we can all plant but, a tree. No, no, no. We just keep our mouth shut or we fart less. <laughs> we keep our mouth shut and we and fart hold less. hold it in. And we can measure that. We can, me- we can measure how much CO2 we're saving. I bet you it's a lot more than you think it is. And we can you sell that. So if everybody spent, how, how long you have to hold your breath? Well, a total of 10 minutes in a whole day. So you could do like, uh, you could do 20 times 30 seconds. All right. Anyone could I do that. We have enough people. We could we probably get people. a carbon credit we or could, two We could make that. a credit out of that. <laughs> we have to do the calculation. Some mathematician listens to the show could do that. And then we could trade that on the Chicago Exchange. Exactly. Now, or we, some guilt-ridden we, person who wants to fly from here to there. I'm telling you, we got... Well, the thing is, you got to market it. So you have to have a partner. I'm starting to see how this works now. You have to have a partner like an airline who is then going to be the middleman well, and no, sell the guy, it. No, they name the companies in this in this show. There's a bunch of these companies that are the ones who sold the airline they're the guys you want to get those are the people it's like carbon credits inc there's a whole bunch of weird little companies no no, no that but that we become one of those carbon credit inks we I become I, I human resource i think this inc. is the mis- i think this is the mistake we made to begin with i think this is a closed <laughs> club right of we, these guys well and no it's you- not john because this is what i'm re- reading that the EU Climate Commissioner, Connie Hedegaard, is she's saying these projects raise concerns uh, relating to their environmental integrity, value for money, geographical distribution. It's not. It's out of control. They have no handle on it. People have jumped on this because the, you know, we have all of these. You're right. The Hollywood celebrities who are selling it in, everyone's like, oh, climb yeah, I've got to buy me an offset. You know, it, it, it's in. It's in the psyche, the biodiversity. It's all in there. People are ready for it. They just need the final bit of marketing, which is, you know, and we can do it all online. We can have some beautiful websites, right? And, and you're going to buy a, a credit to offset something. We just have to find what, what does everybody do that they, that they need to offset. So everyone uh, uses their phone, right? And that's a horrible, it's horrible for the environment. So we can sell a credit for using your phone, for using Twitter or something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll fi- we can do this. We can do it. Come on, John. We can do it. Yeah. Let's let's, let's, let's do a show. Yay. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah. I'm No Agenda. When? In the morning. We're already halfway. We're already more than halfway through the show. What happened? Yeah, well. Let's uh, thank some uh, some human resources for. Uh, in fact, I, you know what, John? The answer is so simple. It's right in front of us. We should not be asking people to 
sponsor the, to uh, support the show. We should be asking people to buy carbon credits to support the show. Why don't we just, <laughs> people can just buy carbon credits. And then they can take this, we'll give them stickers, uh, certificates, all kinds of stuff they can show to their friends. And these people also go, yeah, that's, that's no agenda show. That's good because you can, it's, uh, it's good for biodiversity. <laughs> you can buy carbon credits. It's some so, sort of so yeah. Who why bought, we just sell the credits yeah, dra- straight who, up? Yeah. Who uh, who um, bought some credits from us? Uh, some carbon credits uh, for for this episode of the well, No Agenda Lawrence Show. Lawrence McBride from Moreton Merseyside, mm-hmm. uh, the UK one eleven eleven, which is uh, we have a program now. You should check it out. Go to dvork.org slash na and check out the one one. By the way, somebody pointed out uh, in a in an email one of our producers that. This is a weird year because we have the four weird dates. We got 1 1 11, 1 11 11, 11 1 11, and 11 11 11, which is what we're celebrating with the 1 1 1 1 1 1 thing. Right. And made mention that if you take the, uh, if you take the year, which is 2011, and add your, your, uh, your birth, your the date that you, your birthday, how old you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, wait, is this I'm one of those to... three cube things that you're going to screw up, and I'm going to get a million emails I'll about? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll get to this later because I'll, I'll read it exactly because it's very interesting. But anyway, uh-huh. let's get back to this. Right. Uh, Michael Berg in Solana Beach, California. Love the show. Can you please plug our firm site? Uh, defend, defendyourdeed.com. Oh. All USA, all listeners who hate their lender must visit. It apparently has something to do with uh, the fact that they've lost most of the deeds to your to yeah. the property. Yeah, like, yeah. Who owns it? <laughs> who owns your Who owns your land? Uh, One hundred eleven eleven cents. Uh, Charles Kohler in Kimberley, uh, New South Wales, Australia. I love the show. Sorry, I haven't donated sooner. Best of luck. Hundred dollars. Oh, Second you. Mile Productions. Susie Morris. From Brian's wife Susie, this is the amount I spend monthly for my organic raw milk. Really? You yeah, know, we get, yeah. She a, she has. A, you should check her website out, uh, shyatsrun dot com, and I put it in the show notes. There's a, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Vilsack, the uh, FDA. Uh, I'm sorry, EPA uh, shill from Monsanto. He's so that, you know now that uh, every division of the government doesn't have to listen to Congress, they can make their own rules and regulations. And of course, no one commented on the alfalfa genetically modified alfalfa allowance that's coming up. No, we no, don't because, like that because no one knew it. Yeah, alfalfa is like a magical thing. I didn't know too much about it, but I started looking at it. And we'll talk about that in a second. But okay, uh, chiatsrun dot com sixty nine dollars. Thanks, Susie. Uh, Justin Howard, uh, 5555, like to call out Tom, Tim Johnson as a douchebag. Douchebag! Uh, he's listened to the show for quite some time. I've told him for some time to donate. I'll call him out if he doesn't do something to support this show, and he still hasn't moved on it. Uh, PFC Howard, he's private first private class first Howard class. Fort, <clears throat> yeah. Fort Gordon, Georgia. So that's where he's from. Um... Patrick Griffin, Warren, Michigan, listening to the No Agenda show while playing poker is giving me a lot of good poker karma. Oh, nice. I sent in a portion of last week's winnings, uh, 5555, it's just to say thank you. I'm sending in a portion of this week's winnings to help keep the karma cooking. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me give him some extra karma there. I hope you get a big pot. You've got karma.
karma. Yeah, hit the big one. If there are any poker players listening to the show, I suggest you try tapping into some of the sweet no agenda poker karma. Don't forget to tip your hosts. <laughs> yes, I wanted to take this opportunity. Tip to your thank- dealers. <laughs> I wanted to thank John for adding more value to my valuing value for value philosophy. Okay. Daniel uh, Hutner, Murphy's, California. In the morning, y'all, one-third the way to knighthood and has to play on words in the CIA pasty formerly co- known Patsy. as Richard. Patsy. Not a pasty. <laughs> He's a pasty. <laughs> the former CIA Patsy, formerly known as Richard Nixon. I am not a douche. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Well, Hutner's been de-douched. Yeah. Uh, Rick Delishny. Delishny. Yeah, we got him on the list for... Uh, Knighthood. No, no, for birthday. Oh, he's a birthday boy. No, his uh, son. His son's celebrate. a birthday boy. Yeah. Greeting to his son, Bryce Delishny from... Oshawa, Canada. Where I looked that up. Where is that? He's turning thirteen on one two three, January twenty third. One two three. That's pretty cool. He's a hardworking PR associate, propagating the formula with all the other kids at school. P.S. Thanks to Eric for the hard work getting our original challenge coins to us this month from founding producer Rick Delishny. Christian Wallenberg, Malmo, Sweden. I've been there, by the way. I bought a very interesting cough syrup from Malmo, Sweden. The only one I've ever seen in my life that has opium in it. Hey, dude, just got a nice raise. So last, uh, so at last, I'm now a donor. Please give me some retroactive karma to make sure I really get it. You've got karma. Just to make sure I really got the raise. Never, uh, we'll never be safe from the coming doom of the world. But thanks to you, dudes, we can at least see it slowly creeping up. Your demise is imminent. Send us some money, please. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's very reasonable. Thank you. Yeah, it's creeping up, and that's the way it goes. Um, And then uh, freehollowbooks.com in Summerfield, uh, North Carolina. We've added 20 new books to the site this weekend. Our biggest update ever, as well as a new No Agenda section where 100% of the proceeds go to the show. Spenny gave us $5.50. Spend $50 and get get a mention on the show. And please de-douche Jason Schrader. You've been de-douched. Since he called, we called him out last year, he's got on to $33.33 a month and bought a challenge coin. He hit me in the mouth with it over <laughs> Christmas, which means he obviously hit He challenged him. He challenged him. Challenged him, him. Challenged him exactly. In the morning to you both, I'll be following, hollowing out books. This is the guy who hollows yeah, out Yeah, th- these are really great. I love these them. Are by, these are the best hollowed out books yeah. you can get. So yeah. go to free hollow books. And by, we, you, you, these are books that have like, if you, you know, it looks like an old book. It looks like a real, and no, it doesn't it look like. it is a book. I've got the Atlas Shrugged and, uh, and I've got all kinds of secret, yeah. secrets in it. It's an old, hard-bound <laughs> book, and you open it up. It's been s- sealed in such a way that it's got a big, empty area, and you can stuff money in it. Stuff or other stuff. Or other stuff, whatever you <laughs> want to put. It's, it's one of those things that you see in mystery movies. He also has them for iPads. He's got uh, hollowed-out books for iPads. It's cool. It's cool stuff. Freehollowbooks.com. Axel Brown in, uh, or Braun in Ludwig's, Lud- Ludwigshafen, uh, Deutschland. In the morning from Gitmo Nation Sauerkraut. This is my first time donation. $50 for a great show. Keep on doing the good work. I would appreciate some karma because I will soon have... You've got karma. I will soon have to be ESTA approved to be allowed to visit visit Gitmo Nation for 10 days. What? Yeah, this is a real problem. If you now want to travel to the United States, you have to get... Uh, 
I thought it was ETSA, but I guess it's ESTA approval. That is, remember we talked about this. And now it's like you have to pay forty bucks per person, and you get it, and it's like a pre-approval process. Are we all, trying to keep tourists out of the country? Yes, yeah, it's all for your security, of course. No, it's horrible. It's it's it's, it's, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. And and remember, this is the system where I got messed up in the system, even though I have an American passport, because it's, it, if you don't pay your your fee, your ESTA fee. Then you don't get your boarding pass. They're linking it into the ticketing system now. It's 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 abhorrent. Yeah, don't come. Stay away. Don't come to see us. That, you know that's the what way most. You know, and the way they should do it. <coughs> you know, if you're going to pull this Stupid. bull crap, you know, you do it the way that Chinese do it, and the way these other countries do it is you have an exit fee. Yeah, right. That's true. There's many countries that, and if you don't pay your exit fee, you miss your flight. Yeah. You miss your. Pl- That's the way you do That's it. Right. What are they thinking? Yep, exit fee. Many islands have the islands have a lot of that because you're like you're like oh, yeah, I'm you're so stuck happy. there, and all of a sudden you get to the two hundred bucks, like a family of four, two hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah. I know you go to these countries. By the way, this is a warning for people who didn't not used to traveling internationally. But you go to these places, and you know you you spend all your money, and you get, <laughs> all of a sudden you get to the airport, and you find out at the yeah, last an- minute there's you need an another exit two, fee. Yeah, two hundred bucks for four people. Like and I it's have like no usually money. A, and you have to buy these exit little things. You buy, go to it. There's a vending machine uh-huh. usually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and you have to, great. whatever little money you have left, you have to shove it in this machine and get this little card. And if you don't have the little card to this exit visa, the exit pass to get out of the country, you can't, they won't ticket. They but won't put you but on the- I agree with you. It's really smart because, you know, you're, you're annoyed when it happens, but you don't want to miss your flight. So you're all fl- flustered. Like, oh, just, honey, just use the credit card, and then you pay for it. And then by the time you're home, you're looking at the, the, the pictures, your videos. You've forgotten about it. Right, and that's you, the way you do it. If you have to think about it before going, you're like, eh, screw it, I want to go. It's a pain in the yeah, ass. It's a, it's yeah, it's a bad way to do it. This, yeah. is, a, this is our American government, idiots. <laughs> We're okay with you charging the foreigners. But yeah, we don't care. No, but, but do it on the way out. Do it right. Yeah, do it, do it the way everyone else who's smart does it. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, because this just annoys people. Uh, David Garaglia, and I could, I'm mispronouncing his name. He's from Santa Canaria, Brazil, $50. John Lake, Sacramento, California, $50. Judy Schwartz uh, from Bohm, Texas. Wayne uh, Larcombe from Springwood, Queensland, Australia, all $50. want to thank everybody who donated, especially people who subscribed at $33.33 or any of the other new initiatives, $111.11 subscription, which for knighthood, and also $11.11, which we're trying to get people to upgrade their $5 subscription to if they would upgrade to the $11.11 subscription to celebrate the 11, 11, 11, 11, 11 numbers. And you That's can uh, show your support and uh, buy some credits. And by the way, the, the, our credit system works a little differently, where you send us some money through one of our programs, you make up your own certificate, and then you tell us what uh, credit you bought and what you saved. <laughs> Go to Dvorak.org slash NA. We'll work on that. No, no, Channel Dvorak.com slash NA. We need your support. We appreciate your support. I've got mine out. You got yours? Uh, yeah, hold on. There it is. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Jared Forrester and Catherine Pelsmachers, please step forward. Uh, well, we'll start with Jared Forrester, who uh, has uh, patiently been working on his knighthood, and uh, he has made it. So today, we welcome him to the round table, and hereby pronounce him Sir Jared Forrester, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, and... 
Catherine Pelsmarker is now officially Dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please join our Knights and Dames, our Hookers and Blow, our Red Boys and Chardonnay. We highly appreciate your support. It's uh, it's very, very welcome, and uh, we would be absolutely nowhere without it. And uh, Absolutely. We, we, we joke yeah. around, but man, do we really mean it? I mean it. I think John does. No, well. Palsmacher is our is our one. Well, everybody, patron. even the five dollar a month. I mean, it's starting yeah, no, to add I appreciate up. It, it makes five a big bucks difference. a month is a is a huge is, difference. Is, is, yeah, still, we like to have yeah. more of them, but you know, it's still one percent. The all donations are still one percent of our entire audience. So you're all one percenters, and we highly appreciate it. And some are boners, not donors. But uh, you know, you're you're pressuring people into doing it <laughs> that's a good thing yeah and, and, and we just, do, uh, by the way we provide a lot of entertainment value and informational value and stuff that you guys can use in your cocktail parties it's cheaper than a movie and we do this a lot I and mean, we do it twice a week four hours a week it's great for commuters if you're commuting you're probably listening to the show now and it's not like we're not doing anything for the, for this i mean and we don't want to take advertising and we're not going to take advertising we, we'll kill the show before we do that but luckily people are supporting the show straight up and we appreciate that and i think we got a lot more money this week or this show because we did a better show i think it has a lot to do with the quality it of does the show. It, it absolutely has to do with the quality of the show and i think last week's show was great and uh, and i think that shows in our donations and uh, and thank you very much that's all i can say and i can say this it's your birthday birthday See, singing also gets the donations up. Well, that's uh, scientifically proven. Uh, Rick Dolishny wants to congratulate his uh, son, Bryce Dolishny. He turns 13 today on 123. Happy birthday from uh, your daddy O and from your friends here at No Agenda. And, John, I received an email from uh, Audrey. And uh, Audrey is, uh, I guess, I think they're married. Uh, you know uh, George Funderhorst, who has uh, donated oh, quite a bit. In fact, George, yeah, is, George. Uh, he's got the No Agenda coin. Uh, Audrey sent me a whole note from his account, by the way. She hacked into his email account to send Good it to make her. sure I saw it. Uh, he does the No Agenda stickers. He puts them everywhere. Whenever he's in the traffic jam, he puts them on uh, on the ferry boat, on uh, gas pumps. He's a founding No Agenda stream producer. He gas call- pumps. Yes. He, he calls his uh, his kids midget slaves, i.e. mini knights. <laughs> and it's his birthday, and she wanted us to uh, send out a big happy birthday to him, so we are happy to do that. George, thank you for your support. And uh, you know that Audrey, she's pretty cute, man. Sent me a little picture of the two of them there. I'd never seen her picture. George, lucky man. And uh, and what she really wanted is if we could do a ringtone for uh, George for his birthday. What would you like? I don't know. Like, do something. Say his name. It's always funny when you say his name. You just want me to say it? No. Yeah. He, ju- unless somebody requests. She's she wants it. Audrey. George Vanderhorst is is that a complicated hard name to say? Well. Say George Vanderhorst, your telephone gaat. What? Uh, your telephone clunk? <laughs> George Vanderhorst, your telephone gaat. George Vanderhorst, your telephone clunk. <laughs> Hot pockets. You think yeah. that? I think that will do it. Okay. Uh, thank you. I think that's perfect. I think she. Your telephone's ringing. Or what does that mean? Uh, yeah, it means your phone's ringing. Exactly. Huh. Huh. Okay. Well. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. So, um, within a few weeks, uh, according to numerous reports, John, we will have a second sun in the sky. 
<laughs> have, have you heard this? <laughs> this is a report that's come and gone a couple of times. This oh, really? Is, what, oh, this, this has to do with before? Planet X? Or uh, no, this is Be- Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is... Okay, uh, you, I, I'm, I'm oh, unaware. Is, is Beetlejuice is losing mass or fuel in its center and will explode when it runs out, creating a second sun in the night sky. This is a star, Beetlejuice. It's, it's also a movie, but uh, we know it as a star. Oh, there's a... Well, yeah, but is there another movie, too, that's besides the movie? I, I think Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice 3 might be on its way. However, when the giant star, which is much brighter than the sun, explodes, there will be no night for several weeks on Earth. Uh, this will oh, be a supernova. <laughs> it could a crock of crap. Well, no, but here's the tip off. It could happen tomorrow, or in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking Beetlejuice the movie part. Th- isn't there? Is, there's already been a part two, hasn't there? It's got to be. It's got to be the third. Uh, Michael Keaton. Well, Michael Keaton's got his other movie coming out too, the Ark movie. But uh, there are a lot of people talking about this, and uh, the Stargate is uh, opening for sure now. The one with the fish? Yes. Uh, The Earth is in upheaval in northeastern Africa. The region is changing very quickly, John. The desert floor is quaking and splitting open. Volcanoes are boiling over. And seawaters are encroaching upon the land. Africa, researchers are certain, is splitting apart at a rate rarely seen in geology. And this fracture... Is from the Red Sea to the Gulf of Aden. There it is, the Gulf of Aden, where the Stargate is located. So you can just wait for it. They got pictures of this now. They got pictures of Africa um, splitting apart. Well, I think we should send the fishing boats from uh, Japan into that area because the fish will be just coming. All kinds of weird fish. Well, I, I find it highly interesting. The Earth is the Earth is definitely uh, tumultuous. I saw a guy on uh, Hollywood and, and Highland yesterday. And he had a sign. I was too bad I was in the car because I would have taken one of his pamphlets. He had a sign, uh, the end of the earth, May 21st, 2011. Uh, it's biblical. And he is didn't that what, ha- that, that what the sign said? said? Yeah, it's biblical. I interview these guys. When I, I know, I know. I, I would have loved to have talked to the guy. And he had pamphlets, but he was on the other side and I was in, uh, in the car. And oh, I could, I was too late. Yeah. You should have pulled over. It's not that simple at the corner of Hollywood and Highland. But uh, May 21st, 2011, apparently, is, uh, is when the end is coming, according to my... And these guys, uh, you know, hey, you're not standing out in Hollywood and Highland for nothing. You clearly know something if you're doing that. And that's dedication. And we do it two, day, two days a week. We, we do the show. Uh, these guys are out there all the time. So then. You know, I've uh, talked to a lot of these guys... Which, because when you finally break, you know, decide to talk to one of them, you realize that many of them are erudite. What you is, know, they actually have a story to tell, and it's yes, reasonable. Yes, it sounds reasonable. I know, it's what I'm saying. It's absolutely reasonable. <laughs> That's what's so weird about it. Uh-huh. It's not like they're crazy. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I mean, they are, but it's not like, they're, uh-uh. it's not like they sound crazy. Well, the, one that, the, the thing that, was, that is disconcerting, and I uh, also spoke to, uh, I sent an email to the, our Baron, because uh, he has some connections in the business and a couple other people. Um, I think it propagated because Engadget, uh, got a hold of a NOTAM, Notice to Airmen, right, Airmen, N-O-T-A-M, uh, that said that uh, come February, uh, in the southeastern U.S., uh, the Defense Department uh, issued a Notice to Airmen that uh, GPS signals would be unreliable for about a month. And uh, what? Yeah, oh yeah, this is, uh, this is 
quite amazing. That if, if you look at the map, it reaches from Alabama in the west to far beyond uh, the coast of the Carolinas, uh, all the way up to Virginia. And uh, yeah, the, it sounds like the Bermuda Triangle. Well, and it's, it's interesting because this is what everyone was emailing me about. Uh, the Defense Department will be conducting tests between January 20th, so that's uh, it's already underway, and February 22nd. Uh, and these tests will uh, act uh, will be activated for forty five minute periods, followed by fifteen minutes of off time. And uh, GPS signals may become unreliable at that point. Now there is a another uh, NOTAM because uh, of course now I went looking for it, and this is for the West, uh, and this is for uh, January sixteenth through the twenty third. So it just ended. Centered in Port of, uh, Porterville, California. Exact same thing. However, there's a little more information about this. Is that uh, uh, apparently... See, I mean, the GPS, it's, it's a very simple system. you got satellites in the sky, and they send down a signal, and your GPS is just a receiver, and it, and it has to locate at least three of them. I guess most of them these days get like 12 or 14, and it triangulates and knows where you are. Yeah, I can do a fairly decent job with yeah with two and a third one occasionally. So the only way to mess up GPS is by broadcasting on the same frequency, which is one point five seven five four two gigahertz and one point two two seven six zero gigahertz. And uh, they're, so they're broadcasting on those frequencies. Uh, this is not a harp frequency because those are much much lower. So I don't know what it is. Or, well, it could be a UWB test, too, ultra-wideband, which impinges on GPS numbers. But why would they do And The FAA is not really saying what it's for, and no one really knows. Uh, and hopefully most airmen have, uh, have indeed uh, read this and know about it now because it's messed up when your GPS don't work. I mean, a lot, a lot of pilots today have pretty much grown up relying on these things, don't do much... You know, with the uh, with the old steam gauges anymore, and it's uh, it's quite dangerous. I think they're testing a communication system. Something they're doing something, but uh, it's but the FAA really doesn't say anything about it. Just like hey, we're testing. It's just government. It's just some yeah. defense department yeah. thing. Well, I don't like that. Well, they'd have to test once in a while, and they try to make it so it's you know doesn't impinge on too much. Porterville. I mean, who flies there? Well, no, but the uh, the circle is all the way uh, is San Francisco to L.A. I mean, it's a big circle. Oh, it's a very it's a very big circle. Well, okay, well, we'll keep that in mind. There were a couple of uh, let's see, I did have a couple of clips. I had a couple of real Gitmo Nation clips, which I thought would be uh, interesting to share with the group. Did we mention org slash na? Why don't you do that again, just to make sure. Well, make sure that I would like we would like to encourage people to go to dvorak.org slash NA and support the show. Or channel dvorak.com slash NA. Yeah. All right. So in the continuing effort to turn Americans against each other, and it's happening worldwide all across Gitmo Nation, uh, the, fill in your, your own language. They could call it the Citizens Network, the Neighborhood Watch, as in Watch Your Neighbors, Burgernet, uh, you can call it a million different things. It's now expanded in uh, Colorado. You might say their job is commuting for other people. People who make a living putting miles on a car and visiting neighborhoods all over our communities are now a key element of the Neighbor Watch program. Nine News reporter Corey Rose explains. 
They're on the move all the time. They drive 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So why not have them as an extra set of eyes? Denver is one of the first cities in the country to start the top program, Taxis on Patrol. We believe that this effort is going to assist us in... By the way, this is a cop, and he looks, he's got his sunglasses, he's not in uniform, he looks like a gangster. He looks like a total mobster. Making our community a safer place to live, play, and work. Four of the major Denver taxi companies are now teaming up with the Denver Police Department to be first responders when they see or hear anything suspicious while on their routes. We have an intense training program that we have developed for the cab drivers. We would like them to talk to our communication center and provide detailed information and description nice little train uh, subliminal in the background there on what they're seeing and exactly the types of services that are needed after everyone is trained there will be more than 1200 drivers on the streets of denver serving as a mobile neighborhood watch on wheels joining together to give back to the community now it's giving back to the community john yeah you you yeah, it goes like this. I give you a ride. I'm, I'm a cab driver. Right, all right. I pick you up. I'm dropping well, you off. Hold on a second. I, I, first of all, if you're really a cab driver, I can't understand you. Okay, well, you can't okay. understand me, but you drop me off. I drop you off, and you give me a sh- you short me. Yeah, right. It's like, where's it, my tip? If, screw you, man. No where's tip. my tip? Well, oh, okay. Then, then I, I, I call the cops to me. I, 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 I just, just suspicious behavior. Some blonde-haired guy. I dropped him off at this address, and I think he's a terrorist. That's it. But yeah, they have a, a rigorous program in place. They've trained all these cab drivers. This is a nightmare. This is an absolute nightmare. I mean, it, it, Denver cabbies. I think a lot of them. Last time I was in Denver, uh, which is a while ago, a lot of them were. Uh, Colorado born and bred, but Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. They're all Pakistanis. Are you kidding? No, in uh, in L.A., they're, um, I think... Russian mob. Russian. <laughs> they're Russian or Iranian. Oh, there's a lot of Iranians. That, yeah, there are a lot of Iranian cab drivers here and there. Yeah, you know, it's like, this is just a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And no, it's, it's just ridiculous. I think this is a great program. I think it's great for our community. Uh, I think that uh, people can feel safer in their communities, knowing that uh, you have extra eyes out there helping the police department uh, you know, solve crimes and uh, <laughs> keep our crime rate low and keep our streets safe. In Denver, Corey Rose, yeah. 9 keep News. Keep our streets safe. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's frightening is what this is. Well, let's go. To, I got to have a, uh, a more uplifting... Uh, initiative going on here in the bay area okay it's a new school idea oh we're always for education here at the no agenda show yeah this is very educational that uh, hit it yeah smile, everybody! that's right smile students at ap giannini school in san francisco encouraged to smile at each other all day today <laughs> today was smile day it's part of respect week in the San Francisco Unified <laughs> School District. Now you can wave too. The reason for Smile Day, it makes people more approachable. Much easier, of course, to get along when somebody smiles and appears friendly and shows off their grace. You were smiling at about 150. <laughs> Respect and smile. By the way, did you hear that in the background there's a kid like screaming in terror? Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. There's a, they brought a camera to the school, and the kids went crazy. <laughs> Friendly and shows off their braces. You were smiling at about 150. All right, let me find it. It was, it was back a little. Uh, it was really funny. <laughs> For Smile Day? <laughs> yeah. 
in the San Francisco Unified School District. Now you can wave too. The reason for Smile Day, <laughs> it makes people more approachable. It's much easier, of course, to get along with. Somebody. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there he is. <gasps> well, I think that's a good initiative. Yeah, you know, we, we competition, could, there's no competition. There's a carbon credit in there and smiling, isn't there? There should be a carbon credit, be a credit carbon in smiling. Credit. We should probably make, find some way to sell it uh, to the uh, exchange. Let me go to uh, Gitmo Nation, United States of Europe. Uh, very interesting uh, use of your uh, soon-to-be European uh, global tax money, the Sartre Project. Which uh, is quite an interesting one. Uh, well, there's this is actually kind of almost an Ask John uh, segment. Uh, tell me what's wrong with this idea. It looks like any other truck that just happens to have a private car very close behind it. But what is unique is that this truck is a lead vehicle for a platoon. The car in this platoon drives autonomously and communicates wirelessly with the truck. After more than a year and a half's concentrated work, these proud researchers here at Volvo's test track outside Gothenburg are able to unveil the embryo to what at some time in the future will be a road train. The lead vehicle is driven by a human driver and we're monitoring how the driver is driving. So we're looking at steering wheel angle and at speed and accelerations. And those signals are measured and communicated to the cars which are behind. And these cars which are following are driving autonomously. So they're trying to copy what the truck driver has done. But at the same time, so you get the idea, right? It's it's so that a truck is driving, and then you have the system on board. You pull up behind him, you in, engage, and then your car uh, basically follows the truck and, yeah. and does whatever it does. And then, but then more cars can get behind you, and you're a train. Yeah. Then you are actually a human <laughs> yeah. train. Now it gets better. Using sensors in the vehicles that measure distance between the vehicles, and this of course costs hundreds of millions of euros. This <laughs> stupid project. So we have an extra mechanism for keeping a safe distance between the vehicles. I encourage anyone who listens to the show get some money for a project like this. This is great, and of course, it's all for biodiversité. The goal of this EU project is to make tomorrow's traffic both safer and more environmentally sound. Yay! As a driver within a road train, the idea is, in fact... Here it comes. What is the point of this, John? What is the actual point of this project? To, it's either to prevent global warming or to... I have no idea. Well, here I'm, it comes. I'm baffled. <laughs> here it comes. To be able to both read the newspaper and eat breakfast. There you go. What? Yeah, so you can read the newspaper and well, eat breakfast. Well, why don't you read the newspaper before you go to work? <laughs> My question is, if you have a car that is driving itself like the Jetsons, why are you reading a piece of ink on the dead tree? Why don't you have, like, the screen, like, you know, have it, like, really high-tech? You know, like like an iPad falls out of the ceiling or something. You're reading the newspaper and eating your Cheerios. You stupid human resources. Next, you'll be sleeping in the car. Yeah, you, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, well, that's sleeping. That's, that's what it's about. Be a human resource. Of course, resource. when the truck hits something and everybody piles <laughs> into it, that'll be another issue. <laughs> well, I mean, what happens when you, when somebody go when it goes past a jammer? Yeah, right. So the radio signals are jammed for just a split second. The cars just go mm -hmm. scattering every which way. Yeah, I mean, I, what happens? I get. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. This is so hackable. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and you know it's going to get hacked. Mm -hmm. You know, you just let's take car number three and ram it into a tree. <laughs> I mean, this this is not practical. These people are are insane. They're just <coughs> wasting money, stealing, stealing money. All right, um, I did want to touch briefly on that alfalfa thing. Yeah, tell, talk about that. Yeah, this this is actually it's kind of interesting. So, um, 
Tom Vilsack, who was a Monsanto shill, everyone knows uh, he had uh, been shilling for that before he came into the uh, EPA. Um, uh, so essentially, tomorrow, a, uh, a regulation will, co- will uh, be pushed through to allow genetically engineered, all these, they say in one sentence they say GE, the other one they say GM. So it's genetically modified or genetically engineered alfalfa uh, to be uh, legalized in the United States for use. It's like the USDA, I should say. I'm sorry. So uh, they're going to do like a partial allowance of it. And Vilsack, of course, is the agriculture secretary. Um, and so apparently they had this up for uh, public comment on some website somewhere that so you could say something about it. And, uh, and of course, no one knew about knew about it. But the public comment period expires on mon- on uh, on Monday, and then they're just going to go ahead and do whatever. So the problem, of course, with alfalfa is that if you have if you're growing alfalfa, and uh, you're it's the same thing with uh, and it's all Monsanto Roundup Ready stuff, by the way. Uh, and your neighbor is using the Roundup Ready version, of course, you're going to get contaminated, and then you can't be an actual organic grower. So there's a number of uh, links in the show notes about this, which is quite interesting, but alfalfa is kind of a magical plant. I didn't know this, John. People take this for liver problems. Uh, the, actually, it seems to be, uh, uh, you know, if, you, uh, if your colon is unbalanced, alfalfa uh, can help you. Um, all kinds of uh, amazing stuff. What do you know about alfalfa? I know that they feed it to animals. Uh, you know, let me, let me bring something up. It just Thanks. came to mind. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fountain of knowledge. Yes. Uh, there has been incident after incident where some poor hapless farmer's got some regular crop, and then he's got a Monsanto crop nearby, and the next thing you know, they cross-pollinating. And Monsanto and these other companies, there's a number of them, sue the farmer for, for stealing intellectual property when they grow the next when, year's crop. When they replant it, yeah. Now, I don't understand this, and I think I could, this could be an Ask Adam thing, but I, you're not going to answer the question because it's, it's just essentially... Uh, Unanswerable. Uh, well, it's answerable, but it's a call to action, which is why don't organic farmers sue? Not not let get sued, but they should sue Monsanto. Are for you them. kidding me? Are you are are you joking? You're, you're joking, right? They should sue Monsanto for contaminating and ruining their business. Who uh, who has that kind of money? You can't fight Monsanto anymore. They're too big. They they've they've given money to more than half of the entire hill. You can't they win. Should sue Monsanto for win. ruining their business. And and when people, do you know what a lawyer costs these days, John? This is the stupidest question you've ever asked me. It's not a question. It's yeah. a call to action. No one's going to do it because these little organic farmers, they're just like they're trying to get by. Class action. Ugh. Where's Aaron Brockovich when you need her? Well, she's getting promotion. I that, don't know. That that's really what you need is is an Aaron Aaron Brockovich type person. But yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but it you should. But you can still try and write in uh, to the uh, food democracy now. I think. No, oh, it's, it's there was there's a make. These people are all stooges for the yeah. for these companies. Yes, it's, it's gone down. It's it's, it's actually pathetic. Uh, you know, I had a clip here that I forgot. We should have played before the donation play, uh, break, but I want to play it anyway. Unless you got more to say about alfalfa, that's all no, I know about. No, no, that's all I got. Uh, but it's it it seems to be something very magical for you, and you can feed it to livestock. Yeah, and it's healthy. It's good. 
Uh, so I, I ran into this little thing from our national treasure, or one of them anyway, the News Hour. Uh, no, this is not the news. This is the show, I think, Washington Week in Review or something like that, where Glenn Eiffel, the woman who wrote the book, the, you know, a book praising Obama, and she was also the head of one of the debates and had to go and, and talk about how she wrote a book about Obama. Oh, right. This, yeah, I remember she was, she was moderating yeah. the debate and it was a, Controversy because she uh, she is yeah, she's a, a big Obama, Obama fan, right. so she she's right. got to you know so we're not going to get any objectivity from her. But I ran into this 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 use of language that I just thought was fascinating because what she's done here, and I don't know whether I mean this she's a teleprompter, she's a talking head, so this was got to had to be on the prompter, and she had to, and I think she's one of those that writes her own copy. This is really a very twisted way of uh, discussing the recent uh, debate uh, in Congress about repealing Obamacare. Okay. Can I do it? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Meanwhile, on the House side, they voted to repeal health care this week, which doesn't mean health care will be repealed. And Republicans said the law will kill jobs, but Democrats said it won't. In other words, it was a debate that took us through the political looking glass again. What? So, so... I'm listening to this. I'm going, what? This is not repealing health care. It's repealing the health care bill. She's, she's oh, actually right. saying repealing health care. Right. Health care as if there's going to be no more health care because of those evil Republicans. <laughs> I just thought this was the most twisted, subtle piece of crap I've heard for weeks on end. That's very interesting. Let me listen to that again. Uh, let me just reset it here. Okay, thank you. Uh, the meanwhile, the, on the House side, they voted to repeal health care this week, huh. which doesn't mean health care will be repealed. And Republicans said the law will kill jobs, but Democrats said it won't. In other words, it was a debate that took us through the political looking glass again. And I don't know if she's doing it purposely or if it's just gotten to this point where it's so crappy in the, in the mainstream media that this is just what it is. I, I think I caught one similar to that. Sloppy. What is salt? Sodium chloride. Sodium chloride, right? It's so, it's yeah. not sodium. It's sodium chloride. Right. It's, 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 in fact, it is a salt of sodium. Sodium, pure right. sodium, is explosive. If you actually ate sodium, literally, you would explode. Your stomach would blow up. I mean, you literally would have an explosion, well, and you'd like a movie. Well, this is very interesting. So First Lady Michelle Obama... Uh, in her own fascist way, has now uh, connected the government to Walmart as she came out joining forces with Walmart for her healthy food campaign. It it couldn't be with all retailers. It's only Walmart. I want to stop you right there. We have, there's something going on with Walmart. There's been too much publicity. Yep. We have to get behind, we're going to have to, and listeners out there, we're going to look into the public relations firms that have been doing Walmart. I'm convinced they have a new firm of late, and they're they're pushing this Walmart, Walmart, Walmart is good for you meme. Here's what I have to ask you, because... Both Walmart and Domino's Pizza, who will be uh, who have a new program, the Smart Slice for uh, school pizzas, all talk about reducing sodium by thirty five percent. So you're telling me that we actually put sodium in the food, not sodium chloride, but <laughs> sodium. It says here sodium. You're saying that we would explode if we ate actual sodium. Maybe there is actual sodium in the food. Maybe it's There's not no sodium, sodium chloride. For food. I'm looking at the packaging from Walmart. It's a Wal- sodium salt. It says sodium. So it's mislabeling at best. 
It says all the labor. I'm looking at the Walmart site right now, and it says we're reducing sodium by 25%. So, but they can't, but they shouldn't be putting sodium in the food. Shouldn't they say salt or sodium chloride? Well, they, they yeah, they should. And I don't know why it's always de- it deteriorated to just plain sodium. I mean, it, it's the reverse of corn sugar. I think it's very dangerous when you don't use the... If you use... Either you say salt, which everyone understands. Salt. You have to reduce salt. Okay. But the, it literally says sodium and sugar will be reduced. Please, tell me you're not putting sodium in our food. But I think they might be. <laughs> no, they're not. The la- You'd explode. The, the, food, the, the, the oven would blow up. The labeling... I'm you look- used to do this in school. When the, in the <laughs> olden days when we actually had real chemistry classes and the kids could actually get a hold of this stuff, you can't do it anymore because now we just run around smiling and don't, we don't really have classes. But you used to have... There used to be always some joker who would steal a chunk of sodium from the lab, from, this, from the high school chemistry lab. And it only takes a piece about... Oh, uh, the size of your uh, thumbnail, but you know, a little block of it, a little piece of it like that, about that size. And you go into the bathroom and you throw it down the toilet and flush the toilet right, as fast right. as you and can. It, and it would usually blow up the entire school. I'm, I mean, not the school, but they would blow up the pipes. I'm looking at walmartstores.com slash press room. This is the corporate site. And they say they're going to reduce sodium by 25%. Sodium, not sodium chloride, not salt, sodium. And I think sodium, uh, it may explode stuff, but don't they use it as a preservative? Just as I, I'm telling you, they're putting sodium in our food, and now they're joking, they're laughing they at us. Sodium in our food. Well, why don't they say sodium chloride or salt? Or Is whatever it, other sodium compound they're talking about. It could be something else. I totally agree. But if it's pure sodium, this is what I thought. Thank you for confirming my fear. Is that this is just sodium? It's not yeah, sodium they're mislabeling chloride. it. And, and if you look It's at- the same thing like, you're right, it's exactly where they're going to switch sugar. You know, you, we saw that, we see the progression, we know what it is. You know, we go from uh, high fructose corn syrup uh, to uh, corn sugar, they rename it because, you know, people are getting upset about the other stuff. And then they're going to rename it again to sugar, plain sugar, when it's not. And the slaves in the chat room are literally saying, uh, that's enough, move on, Adam. No, you have to understand words matter because this is exactly what's happening. Corn sugar will become Oof. sugar and it will be labeled as such. And now sodium chloride, NaCl, which is salt, which I believe is what they're telling us they're going to reduce. It's labeled as sodium. It is mislabeling at best, and I think it's important. I really do. Apparently. You don't think so? No, I think it's important. I'm not, I'm not yelling and screaming about it, but yeah. It's become one of those things. It's the same thing that the sugar thing is going to happen to that, too. So, uh, All right, you stupid slaves, go eat your freaking sodium. Enjoy it. And see if Adam your gets ex- mad at the chat room. And yes, because I got a, I got a quickie yes, here. I get mad at the chat room because they 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 are sheeple. They are Jerry Springer bumper. Play it real quick. <laughs> Jeez, I'm really a woman. I'm not no lesbian. I'm the next Jerry Springer. Okay, that's enough. I, I, that, I, I, just... I, I had to be ready for that one. <laughs> I'm not no lesbian. All right, one of our producers um, came in with a really good one, as we've been talking about. And actually, I think I have an, an, an end of... It could be an end-of-show clip, or we could listen to a little piece of it now, which is probably better, from, right. uh, from On the Media. And uh, On the Media 
um, is uh, from our is from our national treasure here in the, these Gitmo nation states. And they talked at this. There's like a seven minute piece of which we will not play all seven minutes about uh, the color revolution in Tunisia, which they're now literally calling the Twitter revolution, as predicted on this very program. Oh yeah, we got from saw w- this coming to miles. Totally. In New York, this is on the media. I'm Bob Garfield, and I'm Brooke Gladstone. This is what popular uprising looks like. Protests over corruption and unemployment were sparked after a man set himself on fire. You might remember the song from the 1970s that said the revolution will not be televised. More modern lyrics might read the revolution will be tweeted. Amid the protests in Tunisia, there's been much talk about the activity of Tunisians online and the role that new media are playing in the uprising. Now, let me just restate that what we discussed, um, I think, Thursday is that um, the compromised social networking site Facebook, at least Twitter I'm not sure about, but um, Facebook certainly with their CIA investments from InQtel, amongst others. And if you read the Time magazine piece on Mark Zuckerberg, Person of the Year, where the director of the FBI is just walking around the office, it's right. just it's right in the article, like in your face. And of course, I want to mention one more thing, just to add to that. We, you know, as one of our producers pointed out, the one of the early founders of Facebook was pushed out, and the guy who was moved in uh, is a uh, the ex PayPal Peter Tile is actually one of the members of the Bilderbergers. Right. So we've got the Bilderbergers, who, of course. John thinks it's just a drinking club, except when it comes to this story. Now he's on board with it, which I like. <laughs> well, it makes me, I like that. So, you know, I'm selective with the Bilderbergs. Very selective with the Bilderbergs. <laughs> they have an agenda, and uh, the agenda is, well, I think it's generally to stir unrest. And this, this seven-minute piece on our national treasure just blew me away. Some have called it a WikiLeaks revolution. I mean, the, everything we talk about is in here. It's the WikiLeaks revolution. It's the Twitter revolution. And listen to what they say about Facebook. It's about a minute Attributing in. the unrest to leaked diplomatic cables about corruption in the Tunisian government. So, did you know that? Yeah, coincidence, I think not. This is happening everywhere. Every country is selectively receiving cables. The Netherlands have it. Uh, they've got their cables about Shell, and Shell is horrible, and, yeah. uh, and Shell no, is a, a slave is driver. This is so intelligence-driven. Oh, it, it's it's it is completely intelligence-driven, and, and people are falling for it hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Others totally. It's great. It a Twitter revolution. There you go. Twitter revolution. the social media activities surrounding the protests. But political scientist and foreign policy blogger Mark Lynch has assiduously studied the Arab press and says it's not so simple. Now, listen. Because now they actually so take into account that John and I are pretty much convinced that uh, WikiLeaks and and is a is a CIA op or an intelligence operation. So listen to the flow, listen to how it works, and how they get the people involved in this to disrupt entire governments. And of course, it's the economic hitmen who benefit from this, and that would be in many cases our own intelligence uh, forces. He says the Internet, social media, and Al Jazeera have collectively transformed the information environment in the Arab world. Welcome back, Mark. Thanks for having me. So you've been following the evolving Arab media landscape for the last decade. What's the big change in that time? Well, there have been two big changes. One, of course, was the rise of Al Jazeera and satellite television, 
that had the effect of really making it very difficult for Arab governments to control the flow of information. And the next big change has been the rise of mass participation in social media, which has really increased the ability of individual citizens to circumvent all efforts to control the media. A remarkable portion of the Tunisian population is on Facebook, for instance. Ah, there you go. A remarkable segment of the Tunisian population is on Facebook. Now, they talk about Twitter this, Twitter that, but when it comes down to the, to the tax, it's Facebook. So this is how it works. We get WikiLeaks to release some uh, outrageous information about the regime <laughs> we want to overthrow. Sorry? This is a new model. And it's yeah, really no, it's a one. new model, but it's great. I mean, it used to be... Um, it, it, well, if you read the Confessions of an Economic Hitman, you understand the way it used to work. But now the first thing, you get the WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks says something really disparaging, uh, whatever it is, something that will right. take people off. And we also off. have in the, in the wings, we have backups for WikiLeaks if WikiLeaks tends to go down for some whatever reason. They get shut down or something. Of course. So there's a bunch of these follow-up. To get, a couple of guys have already started a new thing. And WikiLeaks goes that this. So this model is basically the leaking model is, is part of the, is a new element within the economic hitman model, which uh, is, is fascinating to me. What I find fascinating is uh, more articles, this Tunisia, which, and by the way, it's the Jasmine Revolution. Jasmine, is that not a reference to uh, Chinese tea? Well, it's a reference to a, it's a flower. Right, but it's... It's used to flavor tea. Right, I thought that the Chinese drank a lot of jasmine tea. No, you know, they don't really drink... As far as I know, I mean, I've been to China a number of times, and the amount of time... I do have... You have jasmine tea. They do drink a lot of jasmine tea, but it's not like... I don't think... I don't associate that. I'm not associative with that. Interestingly, the article I read, the success of Tunisia's jasmine revolution, the first of its kind in an Arab country, has caught the world's attention. Chinese are watching closely, too. Internet users and Chinese mm. commentators say the dramatic events in Tunisia are an inspiration for the Chinese people. Of course, the Chinese... Now, I was in the supermarket yesterday, and I see that China's got their own Facebook. This is why China didn't, didn't want Google and Facebook and all these guys in there, because they need their own. Well, they know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, we're not the only two guys in the world that can deconstruct and figure out what's going You'd on. You'd be amazed... <laughs> You would be amazed. No, I'm I'm amazed at you know, we, but I'm also amazed by how many people have picked up on our ability to do this, and they have they do it themselves, and they come up. We get a lot of letters from people with with insights that we just miss. Absolutely, like the Peter Thiel uh, uh, connection, the connection to the Bilderberg to, group, uh, yeah. right? To the Bilderbergs. Uh, so uh, next on the list, I think Yemen. Uh, they're now in a Facebook revolution. I don't even know that it, that's that much of the public. I guess they do this on their cell phones or something because yeah. But face, Facebook is a big is a big uh, mobile thing. It's not it's not on the computer. Yeah. All these kids are on the on their iPhones and stuff. That's how you, that's how they do it. It's on the phones, of course it is. In China, totally. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the new meme running around on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook about Tunisia is that uh, 1.5 tons of gold is missing, withdrawn by. Uh, Zin al Abedin Ben Ali. He took uh, 1.5 tons of gold out. <laughs> yeah, ton. <laughs> 1.5 in his uh, rucksack, apparently. How do you get uh, 1.5 tons? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was great. It's like 3,000 uh, pounds of gold. Well, but at the same time. Um, what does that go for? 
the Dutch National Bank was asked uh, for an audit of their gold, and uh, or the uh, the Dutch uh, bank said no. No, you, we, you, you we of course discussed this about two years ago. There's a big fear now too that half the gold out there is it's tungsten. Gone. At tungsten, there's a the tungsten reference in there. Yeah. Interestingly, Financial Times uh, had an article uh, late last week called "Brace for a Perfect Storm in Gold." There are changes afoot. Always nice to have a foot reference in there. After a lengthy absence, some asset managers and central bankers are readmitting gold back into the group of prudent asset classes. Assessing the devastation of financial industry and government balance sheets, fiduciaries have been reminded that one of the principal reasons to hold gold, that is the only major financial asset that does not represent someone else's obligation to repay, is not the arcane concept it once appeared. And that's the Financial Times. That's very interesting. Mm. <laughs> said he who holds no gold i just wonder what this all what this that that is meaningful probably because you you know generally speaking at the end of a uh, run up you want to get the people involved so they end up holding the bag when the whole thing falls apart uh, so you always try to get the general public uh i mean that's the the, the eventual suckers in any financial game, is it always has to be the general public. It can't be the guys who set these deals up. So when you start seeing stuff like that, I'm wondering whether that means it's the end of the run. Could be. Could be. Or just the beginning. I know, it, it wouldn't it, be the beginning. Well, if it's the beginning of the run, it's, it's, they're going to get the public really involved. But I, I think that's not, I think it more likely to be the end because you get because the, the public creates the great thing about the public is it's it's a massive group if you could sucker them into getting on board on something they create such a demand for it that that gives you the the opportunity to dump like heavy duty dumping you can't normally just like in any market you can't just just dump everything into the market like the chinese can't dump all the treasury bonds because it will they won't get their money back because it sinks the market before they get rid of all of it i don't think so they, i think they're buying more and in fact there's rumors they're buying more through uh, well, shill part, companies in the uk that could be but that could also be a propaganda that could be public relations <laughs> it may might be buying anything they might be selling for all you really know you don't really know so I just wonder when I see stuff like this, whether it's the end or the beginning. I, I'm guessing, uh, I don't know what I'm guessing. I'm guessing the end. So personally. what you're saying is uh, we're screwed. And, and we're screwed anyway. And we don't know nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's pretty close, yeah. And, and we don't know. Uh, we're screwed and we well, don't know. We do know, know that just something's fake about this. Hey, thing. Car Wash Johnny, what do you know, man? What yeah, do you car know? Car Wash Johnny probably has a better handle on mm-hmm. it. But the, uh, it seems to me, yeah, the, I think the Tunisia thing is a test. Of the, I mean, they've. I think they tested in in Iran with the Green Revolution. Yeah, that was not not a big win, and they lost. And they so they so they, there's elements that are missing. They they're, they're trying to fine tune this. They being the uh, you know, whoever the economic hitman, the shadow government, whatever we want to call them. I mean, they, we don't know who they are necessarily, uh, but the people that are doing this is who we can say they are testing it so we so now they have the model so you have the twitter you have a facebook it's a little mishmash it seems to me you can't i don't think you need all these things mixed up like that and you have the color you have to have a representative i've watched the the uh, tunisian uh, protests and they have these flags that are very well produced they're jasmine and they're jasmine and they're very and everything is it's it's too slick for a popular movement, it's not like a bunch of people. No, like no, it's 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 real. It's beautiful. It's beautifully done uh, propaganda. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's very slick. It's not like it's the tea produced. party meetings where people make their own signs. It's obviously policed. You can't have that sign. <laughs> Here, so, take uh, this one. Have this right. good sign. This sign is better. This sign is much better. <laughs> and we're getting the kind of play in the media that they're looking for, and they have the memes of corruption and whatever. I, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this one works out. Well, uh, w w let's call the next country in the next color. Well, the colors are going to be tough to call, but we've already seen, we've already used up blue, and we've used up green, and this weird yeah, but jasmine. It, it, it has to have... It, it has to have a nice sounding, like the fuchsia. We haven't had a fuchsia revolution. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Because uh, it can't just be blue. It, it has to be... How about mauve? <laughs> the mauve... No, that doesn't sound good. The mauve... Rev no, no, no. What other teal. colors? Teal? The teal revolution. That might work. Peter I like teal because it also you can have a duck. A duck is a teal. A lot of teals are ducks. Teal will be good because uh, of Peter Teal. And you got Peter Teal. So we have a teal revolution. I like the teal. Let's predict teal revolution coming somewhere into a little. Well, but uh, let's also keep fuchsia on the books. Well, you're keeping. I, I'm skeptical about fuchsia. Fuchsia seems a little. It sounds like something that would happen in the Castro District in San Francisco. To well, be how about Jasmine, dude? Give me a break. Yeah, Jasmine's pretty bad. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> it's working though. The, the guy's out. And have there been any threes associated with the? I, I, I thought about the three thing we talked about it before. Yeah. I've decided, because I have a clip, which I'll put on one of the shows in the, in the upcoming shows if I can find it, where one of the heads of the CIA, uh, who is also the head of NSA, is, is, I, you'll remember, if I had his name in front of me, you'd, oh yeah, that guy. Admiral. Wait, wait, we, we, have some, we have some colors uh, from, the, uh, from the chat room. Chartreuse. Mm. Aquamarine. Mm. Too many weak syllables. Fuchsia. We have fuchsia, no. Uh... Cyan, cyan, cyan is good. Magenta, magenta is good. That's another good one. Um, crimson, wasn't there already a crimson? Uh, crimson can make a comeback. <laughs> it's on. It's on its way in. Anyway, let me get back. So this <laughs> yeah, guy, this, this, the guy says, uh, "Well, you know, I have to be honest about it. I ran these agencies, but I didn't know half the stuff that was going on. This, I mean, there's all these little." Sub, you know, it's just broken up. It's it's, it's almost like it's like Al Qaeda, the intelligence community, because there's all these agencies they don't know these little operations exist, even though they're funding them, and there's thousands of them all over the place. You know, there's think tanks, there are uh, research groups. There's a million things. So I'm coming to the conclusion because of this three thing that keeps cropping up. <laughs> double rainbow. <laughs> we need the double rainbow revolution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the ice cream company would love that. Anyway, so uh, it would also sound Jesse Jackson would have to be behind it. So I'm thinking that the three thing is a message back to base. Oh, just right. to let you yeah, know that, let you hey, know that all is well. Well, and I let you know that they were part. You know that what you're seeing is part of an action that has been you know premeditated by an agent and an arm of the of the agency. And so you sent out some some press thing. It says you had the media in your pocket. And you just said, "Look, you got to run this thirty thousand dead. Just run it. Here's news. Just run that and make sure it's that number. It has and to be, run, but it can't be thirty. This is the mistake. People have been sending me three hundred thirty. No, it's thirty three. It's thirty three. It can be thirty three thousand thirty three thirty three. It's th two threes next, at least two threes. Yeah, okay. If it's I think three threes, right. then it's then it's you know really good. Yeah, okay. So the three, but it has to be two. Probably, and I think it might be right because there's too many of these things with thirty three dead and thirty three shot. How about thirty three victims now confirmed for the floods in Queensland? That just came out. 
Well, that's interesting. Yeah, well... That would be a confirmation of some some initiative that is finalized, and, mm-hmm. it, and we're part of it, and it, the 33s to tell them that, don't worry, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, boy. Car Wash Vinny says, uh, 33 cars uh, clean today, boss. That's right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think you're totally right, and we're keeping our eye on it. You know how many people have uh, Google Alerts now for 33? We'll probably have our listeners. Yes, because I because they. Eat. By the way, I'm working on a new system for uh, for uh, people who really want to help uh, produce the show because it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, between shows, I now get three to five hundred emails, many duplicates, of course, which is okay. I, I appreciate it because you, sometimes you get multiple angles of a story, uh, and <clears throat> multiple sources, and then by the time you get like the links from people with link to the BBC, then you know it's it's plateaued, right? Then you know, okay, everything else after this is going to be the same. Um, but I'm working on a, on a way that uh, that we can do it not through email. It's the most inefficient device I've ever used for this. It's horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, we lost you for a second there. What yeah, we about? could use we could use a bulletin board system similar to Dvorak cage match. No, it's got to be more structured than that. I, I'm, well, work, I'm working. Structured. On, no, it's not. It's Dvorak cage match is a moderated forum. It's not structured. Well, same. I thing. don't like moderated forums. Well, what, then what would you uh, suggest? I'm working on something, and I shall suggest when I'm ready. Huh? I've got, I'm working on a tool. A tool. We need some tools. Just no, like the don't. government has tools, I have a tool. Well, talking about tools, if we, I do have a clip for the end of the show, or if we can place part of it now, or you yeah, can sure. play the beat. Yeah, let's do it. It's a little long. I mean, maybe it's better, but you know that guy who had AQUSA? I've been, <laughs> he has a very long speech, this character. I, I wrote his name down on the thing. I didn't bring it up here. But anyway, he's uh, from Princeton, and he's a, or Georgetown, and he's a professor, and he's talking about Al-Qaeda and how they tap into all the public information. But essentially, what he's describing is what the two of us do, which is tap into all the intelligence that's being gathered and then reported on and put on C-SPAN and other venues. And he claims that Al-Qaeda is doing this so they can better understand how they can screw us. But he puts it, he says it in such a way as though, I mean, how many guys does Al-Qaeda have working for them scouring C-SPAN? I think none. I think this is total bull crap. I don't think Al-Qaeda is doing any of what this guy describes. But... Uh, He's convinced that they're, you know, there's like, they have a head office someplace. You know, why don't we just bomb that? Finally, we see, as I just described, Al-Qaeda existing and surviving because it's always been as opportunistic as it is instrumental. That this is a movement that has always been able to take advantages of opportunities simply by continuing to monitor, identify, and exploit gaps in our defenses. And this has been one of the keys to Al-Qaeda's success. We tend to look at al-Sahab, uh, the clouds, al-Qaeda's m- media arm. What? Al-Sahab, the clouds? Al-Sahab is a uh, website that means, I think it means the cloud in some version of Arabic. Oh, that's great. So now for cloud computing, we can call it al-Sahab. <laughs> I guess. I, got, I have to look that Microsoft up. and al-Sahab. But he, he claims they have a media arm. <laughs> for its output mission, dissemination of propaganda. From its conception 22 years ago, al-Sahab has also had a very important input capability, vacuuming strategic intelligence of its allies. And to give you two brief examples, we know for a fact 
that al-Qaeda has downloaded the websites of every major think tank in the United States. Wow! They are so sophisticated. It's called WGET. In some cases... What are mul- they doing it for? That's bullcrap <laughs> anyway. They're not downloading anything. We know for a fact that they've downloaded entire websites. That's okay, if we terrorism. know that for a fact, why don't we do some, <laughs> some trace routes and find out where these downloads are going? Yeah, why don't you get their logs, man? And shoot them. Yeah, really. <laughs> Al-Sahab. ...times, and especially those that have particular <laughs> focuses or interests. In, uh, Who is this jabroni again? He's a professor at Georgetown who uh, teaches uh, international strategy or something. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who came with a... We know you, for a fact that Al-Qaeda is subscribing to the RSS feeds of WhiteHouse.gov. This is an outrage. Terrorism and homeland security. Secondly, we know for a fact that Al-Qaeda regularly monitors congressional testimony and hearings. Oh, no. Just like those No Agenda guys. They're watching C-SPAN. Especially those hearings by the Homeland Security Committees of the Senate and House, the Armed Services Committee, the Judiciary. Is this not a move to turn off C-SPAN? I don't know what this is a move for, but it's bullcrap. It's frightening because it sounds like we need to be secret about all of our... First we hear that Al-Qaeda is a (laughs) cell-oriented operation that is separate from everything. There's no central Al-Qaeda. There's no no way this could be going on because the model that we've been told about Al-Qaeda doesn't allow for this sort of thing because then you could track it and find out the headquarters and kill people. What happened? So this has got it. This is bullcrap by definition. What happened to the Al-Qaeda guys on the monkey bars in the desert training now the guys in the caves this is no good cherry committee and so on obviously the select (laughs) committee on intelligence very rarely meets in open session they watch the videos from them they monitor the testimony and of course i mean this for them is manna from heaven you have the heads of government agencies or departments sitting in a panel often subjected to withering questioning withering i'm telling you john this is the start of removing c-span and making testimony secret again that's, that's what it sounds like to me from this professor. Well, there's a censorship angle to this because it is like, you know, here's what's going on and here's what they're doing and here's, you know, they're downloading. This is crazy. It's total crazy. Scrutiny by congressmen or senators. They're asked to explain their mission, um, their assessments of how successful they've been in their mission. Their met- and they always say, we can't tell you. There's plenty of secrecy going on. They, they never come out and... Even on the member with the whole the the whole underpants bomber uh, uh, hearing, oh, well, uh, we can't talk talk about that yeah. right now. We'll yeah, talk no, about true. that that's later. A good point. It's a- tricks of success, how sufficient their budgets in are, what their plans are, and so on. This is all information that Al Qaeda gathers to facilitate its operations. So what we can see is that Al Qaeda arguably is achieving each of its strategic objectives. And again, the fundamental conceit as well throughout history of all terrorists and insurgent groups is to avoid losing. And that, I think, is what al-Qaeda believes it's doing. It may not be winning, but it's also not losing. It still exists, and eventually they believe the time is on their side and that they will be triumphant. Um, yeah, I can kill they, it. That's a good, it's enough. I, uh, we have contact now with the uh, al-Qaeda. What was the name of the cloud again? Uh, El El Havra or something like some I mean El Sabab or something. something no, I like want to hear El Basha. I need to remember see, as now. I just described Al Qaeda existing and surviving on, because it's always been as opportunistic. Go back to the beginning. Instrumental that this the is beginning. a movement that has always been able to take advantages of opportunities. El Sabab simply by continuing to monitor, identify, and Come exploit on. gaps. 
in our defenses. Here, the cloud. And this has been one of the keys to al-Qaeda's success. We tend to look at al-Sahab. Ah, uh, al-Sahab. We have contact. Al-Sahab. Sahab. I think it's Sahab. Al-Sahab. I think he's saying Sahab. I think he's saying Sahab. He sounds like it at first when he says it the second time. <laughs> Al-Shish Kebab. I- <laughs> Wait, we have contact now with the cloud. Does anyone in the chat we have room picking Al- this Al-Qaeda, up? We have Al-Qaeda, Al-Sahab. Here we go. We have we have contact, John. I'm really a woman. I'm not no lesbian. Yes, we have contact with Al Sahab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, what is the world coming to? Uh, well, that was a. I, you get points for that clip. Kidding what a douchebag! <laughs> totally. Oh my god. All right. So uh, there's tons more stuff in the show notes at noagendashow.com um, in our handy structured data format. And make sure you check out the video from Jim Core of the Cores from a Gitmo Nation Leprechaun. Uh, there are a lot of Gitmo Nations things that we didn't get to, which is kind of funny. Uh, BBC police chief wants uh, a DNA database of uh, people who uh, are clients of prostitutes in uh, Gitmo Nation East. So much Why? F- well, so that'll deter you. So essentially, uh, the hookers will have to give up DNA. Since you're giving them DNA, so you can be put in the DNA so you're database. you swab the hookers? <laughs> I think they can just take the prophylactic, John. I don't think you have to swab the hookers. So they're going to make the, the, the hookers document? You know, yes, the, yes. That's... Wait, what is wrong with the British public? <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, a uh, proud uh, monitor of Al Sahab. I'm Adam Curry. Uh, and I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I almost got you there. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. I'm really a woman. I'm not no lesbian. I'm the next Jerry Springer. 